I love video games so much. I'm pretty fond of this podcast, too. They're fun. This is fun. Video games are fun. Well, not all games. Echo the Dolphin's not really that fun, but most games are fun. You know what isn't fun? Buying razor blades. And my friends over at Harry's agree. And that's why they started their company. And I don't understand why anybody would buy razors from anyone else. I'm super serial. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG and pick up a $3 trial set to find out for yourself why I'm so damn serial about this. Harry's makes the best razor blades out there and they ship them right to your front door. I don't think I'm allowed to lie in these, but I'm not anyways. I've been using Harry's for years and I've never considered going anywhere else. The blades come in this awesome little container that's easy to travel with and keeps them sharp and clean and the razor handle doesn't look like a piece of plastic out of cyberpunk. Those handles are great for high school kids with peach fuzz but you're a man now. Shave like one. And it's not just the blades. Looking good is great but smelling good is just as important. Harry's has skin softening body wash with scents like stone, wildlands, and redwood. I don't want to smell like plastic. I want to smell like a man. They have awesome smelling deodorant for $5, hair products, grooming supplies, everything you need to go from a five to a nine. Well, like an eight, and we don't want to overpromise. Well, like an eight, at least. Harry's offers subscriptions so you can get your blades and supplies when you need them, and you can feel free to cancel at any time, but you won't want to, I promise. Listen to me. Harry's is legit. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just three bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. up everybody welcome back to remember the game it is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and i sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day my name is adam blake thank you so much for listening to the show and this week it is episode 238 and it's not only one of our stupid sexy sponsored episodes where a listener went over to patreon and said hey dipshit play this game but it's also a remember the game first i I think we're going back to the Sega Master System. And I don't think I've ever played a Master System game before, aside from some ports. Uh, the game in question that we're talking about this week is Wonder Boy in Monsterland. And to be fair, I did play the port of it on the Switch that has a whole bunch of options and different like sliders and things you can do and shit like that. But at the end of the day, I guess it is technically the first Master System review here on the show. And it's very, very fun. It is tough as fuck. Fuck this game. I cannot beat it, but I am a Wonder Boy fan now. Wonder Boy, Wonder Bread, Wonder Woman. I like I like Wonders. Uh, the sponsor this week is an OG around here. It's Mick G, longtime supporter of the show, and I'm glad he wanted me to play this game because based on the god-awful box art, I may never have touched it otherwise. And, like, I love bad box art. Mega Man looking at you, but yeesh, the Master System... I designed some of those covers. They're horrible. Uh, so I might have skipped it without that box art. And I'm glad that I didn't. And just quickly, every time I do a sponsored episode here on the show now, 
people will reach out and say, hey, how do I do one of those? Normally, it is a perk that's available over on Patreon. I have froze it right now because the queue of sponsored episodes has gotten to be too long. We have about 15 in the in the, in the line, in the queue. Uh, people have been waiting over half a year for episodes once they sign up, and I don't like the wait being that long. So eventually, it will be open again. I just need to get caught up a little bit first. Uh, and yeah, Wonder Boy is off the list. And if you've never played it, you play as this little Martin Prince-looking kid in his underwear, and it's a side-scrolling action game with some RPG elements. There's some randomness to it. Everything tries to kill you, including a clock that never stops. And while it's ticking down, it's taking away your health. And this game made me so fucking mad, but I could not stop playing it. I have such a fetish for tough old school video games. I love them. So McGee swings by to explain why he loves this stupid game so much. And then my buddy and card carrying Sega kid, Chris of Remember the Game episode one fame, gives me a call to break down the boy wonder in his land of monsters. This game is as charming as its cover is ugly and I really, really like it. And we'll get there in just a minute because speaking of ugly things with charming personalities or I'm trying to call myself ugly and charming. Whatever. It's time for another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're fun. We talk video games and stuff. It's 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 good. It's good. It's good shit. And our intros are about 15 minutes shorter than Wonder Boy and Monsterland is. Uh, but if you if you do want to skip it, if you're just here for Wonder Boy talk, go about 30 minutes up the road. You'll hear the music. We'll be into Wonder Boy and bada bing bada boom. Uh, I have to get my plugs out of the way. It's how we keep the bills on. We have merch. We have hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, all kinds of stuff. Rocking incredible art. Draw by my man Joe from 4545creative.com. You can find our merch Merchandise at RememberTheGamePodcast.com. If you're interested, it's a great way to support the show. And of course, if you're like me and like Wonder Boy and you don't particularly like clothes, you can always just support us on Patreon because it starts at just $2 a month and it's about the best deal in the history of the internet because you get two additional podcasts every goddamn week. You get exclusive access to my gaming news show, Game Patch, every Friday where I look at all the biggest news in modern video games and I add in my opinions and some profanity in there. Expansion Pass drops every Thursday and that's a different show each week. We do rankings. We look back at characters, consoles, genres, franchises. There's comedy episodes. There's a fucking ton of modern spoiler-free game reviews. Uh, This past week on Expansion Pass, it was episode 151. Our Patreons got to pick the topic, and the Switch successor was our focus. We talked about what we would do with it, what we think Nintendo needs to do with it, and just, you know, with whatever their next console ends up being. It was really fun, and I spent a nice chunk of this episode just begging Nintendo not to do anything stupid. And as is becoming tradition, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass. What would you do with the next Nintendo console? But there's some simple things that, like, everybody else fucking does. Xbox has achievements. PlayStation has trophies. Mobile games pop up with trophies. There's websites dedicated to accomplishing things and getting trophies for old retro games. There are games on the Switch that are full of challenges that are trophies and achievements on the other systems. Everybody fucking wants them. Where are you? Add a goddamn trophy achievement system. That's now available on our archives, and this week, it's Expansion Pass 152, and I'm finally ready to review Marvel Midnight Suns. This has been a review that people have been asking for for about two months now. It's a very long game. It took me a long time to finish it, and I have a lot 
to say about it. And that review will be spoiler-free like 99% of my modern game reviews. So no worries there. And again, that'll go live tomorrow for all of our patrons. So again, two bucks gets you two extra shows a week. Five bucks gets you three extra shows a week because I do the Rambling Idiot every Tuesday. And beginning March 6th, Mark McHugh and I are doing a bi-weekly Simpsons podcast that is available at our $5 level as well. So if you hit up our $5 level on Patreon, every second week you're getting four additional podcasts a week and then every other week you're getting three it's lots of fucking podcasts you also get instant access to about 300 ad free archive bonus shows plus access to our member the game discord the chance to vote in our patreon poll every month the ability to submit comments to be read on all of our podcasts you can dm with me and you get a shout out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like i'm about to do to most of these people like huge thank you to all of our newest patriots there's some doozies in here this could get ugly Brett Grove, Patty Matthews, Gil, The Retro Gamer 1986. That was a good year. Big Papa Grimace, Madamus Prime, Gotta Jibbo, Cloud254, Kevin Ingham, Ingham, Connor Dunn, Ant- Anton Celieris. Sorry, Anton. Nathan Urban, CJ Noel, Matthew. That's fake as fuck. MN, Andrew Whitson, Chatters, Jay Chiotola. Sorry, Jay. Matt Zeus. Sorry, Matt. Harry Millen, Jay Bartholomew, Broad Street Bully, and Lord John. Thank you all so much for the support and welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash remember the game. And finally, to wrap up the sales pitch, do not forget, 5% of our Patreon income gets donated to charity every year of my 24-hour charity stream. And we offer annual subs at all levels. You sign up for the year, you get your 12th month free. Fuck yeah. And finally, you can find me on Twitch whenever I have time to get on there, twitch.tv slash remember the game. Just throw me a follow. It's free. It'll tell you whenever I'm online. And you can come by and tell me why I'm wrong and stuff like that. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons usually gaming related but not always and we call this segment blowing in the cartridge he blows all right he blows big time that's it honey get into the spirit Let's blow our first blower this week is Noof on the Loose, who wrote in... I wish I could do a Noofy accent, because I would read this in it, but I can't. Uh, Currently playing Atomic Heart, and the story is really interesting, but the gameplay needs some refinement for sure. Is there any games you played for the story mostly, and just slogged through the mediocre or bad gameplay? Uh, you know one that comes to mind right away for that? Noof on the Loose is High on Life. I thought the gameplay in High on Life was fucking terrible. It was so boring and bland and... But the game itself was fucking hilarious. So I kept playing it to see what it was going to say next. And you know what the other... It's a franchise. It's not just one game. But you know what the other game I thought of is? And and before... Listen, before when I say this, I know everyone's going to freak out. Listen, before you get mad, go back and listen to the episode we did about one of these games. I love these games kind of mass effect and i know i know some of you are like what i love mass i think those are great games mass effect 2 is one of the best games i've ever played in my life go back and listen to the episode remember the game about it i fucking love these games but like let's call a spade a spade the combat is like six maybe a seven out of ten at best it's just that the story and everything else is so fucking good that you want to hang around but i don't it's not the best combat I've ever played, but I I, I like it enough that I, I hung around uh, because I love those games and I think the story is so interesting. So kind of Mass Effect, but definitely high on life. Those are the two at least that popped into mind for me right away. So I hope that, uh, I, you know what? Some, nah, you know what? I'll end it there because otherwise I'm just going to end up getting everybody mad. I'll, I'll end it on those ones. Good question, Noof on the Loose thing. I got to try that Atomic Heart. It looks neat. I'm going to try it at some point. Uh, Mr. Vintendo. 
wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I was listening to your latest episode of Game Patch. The the lack of physical copies of Metroid Prime Remastered has me a little heated because I keep seeing posts on Reddit from scalpers and local retro stores in Texas reselling $40 copies for twice the original price. Scalpers are exactly why I stopped collecting physical as a whole. Hope all is well in Canada and great job on the rad content, my dude. Well, thank you, Mr. Ventendo. I appreciate that. Yeah, if you uh, don't know or if you don't listen to Game Patch... Metroid Prime Remastered is out on the Switch right now, and everyone that's playing it is saying it's fucking fire. But physical copies are not easy to find. I guess Nintendo's really running behind on getting them out, which I would assume is probably at least partially um, a cause or an effect of trying to shadow drop a game because they came out and were like, it's available digitally now and then physically in two weeks. And I'm sure they were trying to get the physical copies ready to go without spoiling it. And I'm, I'm sure that caused some problems. But yeah, resellers can go fuck themselves. Now, you mentioned that this is part of why you stopped collecting physical games as a whole. And Nintendo is the worst for this we all know that look at the game and watches and so many other things nintendo does where they short ship stuff and then the, the you know the mini consoles and everything else and the demand goes through the roof and then you end up paying resellers twice as much to get your hands on one uh that ties into another question i had here from larry white who said hey adam i believe i heard you say you prefer to go digital over physical what's your thought process i still prefer physical because as long as i have the system i have access to the games it's frustrating when a game i've purchased gets delisted and i don't have it currently downloaded it's lost to me forever hell the reason i kept my xbox three. 60 hard drive is because I have the Simpsons arcade game downloaded on it. Also, the price is the same typically as well. I usually only go digital if the price is super low. Thanks. You know what? I So, like, I have answered this before, but I don't mind talking about it again. Sometimes when this comes up, it turns into a bit of a pissing match, and I just want to make sure I make this abundantly clear. Like, I have some close friends, friends that are guests on this show that have come after me and been like, why do you buy your games digitally? And I don't give a fuck if you buy your games digitally or physically. As long as you're playing video games, I really could give a shit where you buy them. So just don't attack me because I'm not mad at you if you buy them physical. I still buy the occasional game physically, but by and large, I prefer digital for a few reasons. Number one, straight up convenience. I don't have to go to the store. I can just, at any time I'm high or something, I could turn on my console, pop, pop, buy a game, and I'm fucking done, and it's there, and it's I download it whenever I want. I also only play... Uh, This is actually going to lead to the next question, but I usually only play three or four games at a time, usually one or two per console. So it's really not a big deal to me uh, as far as hardware, because that's one of the things some people bring up is the hard drive space, pardon me, and about how they don't have enough room to download everything. But I'm like, I only have, like, I, you know, like my Switch is full and I just bought Fire Emblem Engage and it was like, you need to make some space. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll delete Smash Brothers because I don't play Smash much anymore. And if I ever want to replay it, I can download. It's not a big deal. So that's not a big problem to me. I like the convenience. I like that I can't sell my games because every time I buy, you know, I, I, a, lot of, a lot of times in the past I've bought games physically and then sold them when I wasn't playing them anymore and then ended up regretting it and had to buy them again and the price has inevitably gone up. And I'm like, ah, for fuck's sakes. Uh, so that's probably part of it as well. But at the end of the day, it's primarily just convenience. I love being able to take any one of my consoles and firing it up and all my games are there. And maybe I have to download it, but they're all just there. I go on the road a lot for comedy and I don't need to bring any fucking discs or cartridges with me. I just bring my Xbox or my PS5 or my Switch or whatever and all my games are just on there ready to go. Uh, I'm a big supporter of subscription services as I've talked about before like PS Plus and Game Pass and Nintendo Switch Online and I just, more than anything, I guess I just like the convenience. It's like I love to read physical books, but I I usually read most of my books on an e-reader because it's just more convenient, you know? Um, I, I know a lot of, you know, I make jokes about the vinyl weirdos. I'm not, I don't care if you prefer to listen to music on vinyl or whatever, but I'm like, I'm holding my iPhone right now and it's got like 1600 songs on it. I like that. I don't ever want to buy a DVD again. Just let me turn on one of my services and watch a movie anytime I want. I, I know some people are getting dragged into the all digital era, kicking and screaming. And I, 
I'm fine with it if you like buying physical, but uh, anyone that doesn't think that digital is the way that media is going, it's gone there with every other form of media minus video games. Uh, I think it's going to take a long time to get there with video games, but it, it is headed that way. And I've just embraced it. I like, I don't have a lot of space. We live in a small house. I like the, I like the convenience. So I hope that answers your question, Larry White. Uh, BB, speaking of the games that I'm playing, BB wrote in and said, question, how many games do you play at one time? As someone who spent a decade just playing Call of Duty online and competitively, I'm now getting back into gaming alt or into gaming altering, missing out on all the other games. Currently, I'm playing the original God of War on PS2, Grand Theft Auto 4 on PS3, Bioshock on Xbox 360, Inside for Xbox One, and most likely Uncharted 4 for PS4. And yes, I will evil I will even dabble in a Wii game this year too. I know this is way too much to take on, but I'm curious, how many games do you play? play at a time uh i usually balance over the last couple of years i've kind of gotten to like a nice system where i usually balance uh, four four ish i usually have a couple of games retro games on the go for this podcast and then i usually keep a couple of modern games on the go for just trying to keep up with modern games and i try my best to switch up the genres doesn't always work but i i usually try to give it a shot where i don't have more than one rpg and more than one shooter and you know more than one platformer and stuff like that uh, and then I just kind of play, well, I mean, during the day, whenever I have any time, I'm playing retro stuff for the podcast because I'm like, it's work. At night, I can play retro if I want, or I can play something modern if I want to. And then I usually keep like one time sync game on the go too. Right now, it's been a lot of PGA Tour 2K23. could be Mario Kart. It could be uh, Left 4 Dead came back for a little while. It could be Tetris 99. I usually have one game that I just turn my brain off. It's why I don't play as many sports games as I used to because there's such time sync. Same with like Minecraft and stuff. And uh, I need to work on my backlog. So I, I usually try to balance three or four. Um, yeah, I hope that answers. I guess that does answer your question, BB. But good for you on trying some old stuff. That's good shit. Uh, Xjude said, hey, Mr. Blank, have you ever played any, have you played many MMOs? As a 2000s kid, I grew up with some classics like RuneScape, Wizard 101, and the ones that Cartoon Network, Disney, and Nickelodeon had that I can't remember. Would you be open to an episode about an MMO at some point? probably not ex Jude. And I don't mean to poo poo on the MMOs for those of you that like it. I know final fantasy 14 is like a phenomenon right now. Um, I've never played an MMO. I'm not, I'm not a big PC guy as many of you know, and I know now they're more common on consoles, but I just, again, like we just talked about my backlog is if it ever falls over, it will kill somebody. Like my backlog is ridiculous and they're all digital games, which makes it even scarier. And an MMO is just such a massive time sink. And I don't play a lot online. I prefer to just play offline and stuff. So never say never. But I, I, if I had to bet, I would not count on me playing an MMO uh, anytime soon. Just not, just not. I just prefer my, my single player. I just like single player storage. That's why, like, we're probably never going to review a Call of Duty on here. And I know a lot of you love Call of Duty. But, like, I've never played a Call of Duty game. I'm not very good. And I don't like to play online. I usually just play offline by myself. So... Uh, never say never, but I would say probably never, but never actually say never. Uh, John C 500 said, uncle Blanky, what are your top three blink 182 songs? Uh, damn it for number one, hundred percent, always hundred percent. Number two, always is actually Shaylee and I's song. We, I love that fucking song. And then probably rock show would probably round out my top three. 
Uh, yeah. Damn it is the best. Damn it's my favorite song of all time. Fuck, I love that song. Mac Daddy times four said, Adam, I know the subject of RPGs is a bit touchy right now, but what type of battle system do you prefer? One with crazy stats and damage totals like almost any Final Fantasy or something with lower totals like Paper Mario? I find myself preferring the Paper Marios of the world because I have a chance to do the math myself rather than relying on some crazy hidden algorithm. Uh, yeah, and in case you're wondering why RPGs are touchy right now, I was just ranting about it on social media last night. I'm playing Legend of Dragoon and I got stuck on a boss for a long time and I just don't, without nostalgia, for classic JRPGs I don't particularly like them and so I don't hate Legend of Dragoon but if you're excited about that episode just know that like I probably don't like it as much as you do uh, as far as your question Mac Daddy I also prefer the low totals like it's fun when you're playing like Final Fantasy 7 and you unleash Knights of the Round or something and you're hitting bad guys for like 9999999999 but I, I also prefer and that's one thing I actually really like about Legend of Dragoon I like the smaller totals because same thing I'm like okay I can do the rough math and keep track of how much damage I've done and stuff like that. So I, I'm I'm the same way. I like the smaller numbers as well. Uh, David Mattox wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I'm picking up my PlayStation 5 in a few days. It'll come with God of War, and I'm going to buy Last of Us and Uncharted. Besides that, what are your top five must-plays for PlayStation exclusives? I'm waiting for the new Microsoft console to come out before I replace my original Xbox One. I've had it since it came out, and the last PlayStation I owned was a PS2. I left it on for three days straight to finish Spiral Gaming Weekend with my best friend. I slept maybe four hours out of 72. That's not fucking healthy, David. Uh, that's a good question. So, Okay, so you haven't played PlayStation since PS2. You're going to play God of War, Last of Us, and Uncharted. What are your top five must-plays for PlayStation exclusives? And you've already got Last of Us, Uncharted, and God of War out of the way. Uh, I will go with Ghost of Tsushima. Um, hmm, I'm trying to think of like what's in it. Ratchet & Clank. I would go with the PS4 version of Ratchet & Clank because that's a remake of the original game. And uh, I think Ratchet & Clank is fucking awesome. Uh, Spider-Man is a must-play. Spider-Man is fucking fire. Love those games. Uh, hmm. I know there's people, like, yelling at their fucking, uh, phones and shit right now. Being like, tell them to play this or this. But I'm trying to go PlayStation exclusive, so there's no GTAs or anything like that. Uh, you got God of War, you got Last of Us, you got Uncharted. Spider-Man, Ratchet and Clank, Ghost of Tsushima, um... I mean, like, Deathloop and them are all on Xbox consoles. Now. Like, I gotta be... Oh, Horizon, for sure. And... Boy, that's tough. Uh, I probably should have wrote some down. I thought I could just make it up as I went. But I could not. Um, You know what? I'm just... Fuck. I'm just gonna... Okay, so I'm gonna go with those four. But I'm also gonna recommend, David, that when you get your PS5, sign up for PS Plus Extra. The second PS Plus tier. Uh, because then you're going to get access to like seven or 800 PS4 and PS5 games and you'll be good for, that'll keep you busy for, for years. Um, and then other, obviously you said you're, you're, you're getting God of War, Last of Us and Uncharted. Make sure you play God of War 2018 before you play God of War Ragnarok. And then, yeah. And then I think that'll, that's good enough. That'll keep you busy. That'll keep you busy for quite some time. Enjoy, David. You got some great games in front of you. Finally, this has been a long segment. We need to move on. But it's letter time. It's letter time. Donnie the Dude Walter wrote in and said, Adam, do you ever regret monetizing the podcast? I enjoy woodworking in my free time and briefly tried to turn it into a business, and I hated it. Deadlines and such just sucked all the joy out of it. Have you experienced anything similar with Remember the Game? That, so, yeah, kind of. Um, and I want to make sure I tread this, I want to, I want to, I want to tread lightly here because I don't want to sound ungrateful or like I dislike what I do because I, I've said it more times than I can count 
this this community and remember the game has been with the exception of meeting Shaylee, the single most important thing that's probably ever happened to me. Uh, when I launched this show four and a half years ago, I just wanted to learn how to edit audio files. Um, we, we, I never thought anyone would listen to it. And now um, I could quit stand up and everything tomorrow and make a nice, not, you know, million dollar living, but a comfortable living off of this show. And so, and I wouldn't trade that for anything. I think for a lot of gamers, and I can't speak to woodworking, but I think for gamers, maybe not everybody, but I'm sure there's a lot of gamers listening to this that would fucking kill to have their hobby turned into a way for them to like play video games for a living. And I understand how fortunate I am to be in that position. So I, I don't resent or regret making the decision to monetizing to monetize the, the show. But I will say that, yeah, uh, it has changed the way I look at video games a little bit. There's times where I either don't want to play games or I just want to play you know, maybe I'd like to try an MMO or maybe I'd like to get more into sports games from back in the day or something like that. And I can't because Legend of Dragoon is sitting there and my patrons have paid me to play it. And even if I'm not enjoying it, I got to play through it. And so there is times, again, making sure I make this so clear, I'm not complaining, but it has changed the way that I uh, play video games. It's changed the way I interpret them. It's changed the way I look at this hobby. It has become not so much a hobby. Comedy was the same way. Before I'd ever made a dime at stand-up comedy and I was just going to open mics and trying to come up with stupid jokes, it was just fun. And now it's it's still fun, but now it is work. And you need to be careful to not get yourself in trouble and not get yourself canceled and get a social media presence and get yourself booked in it. Just like anything else. I, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said once you accept a check to do something, it becomes work. And it and it kind of has. So I'm I'm fortunate enough that I can't imagine trying to make a living playing and talking about video games without loving video games i think it would suck i love video games so much and i think most of you believe me when i say like that's sincere i legitimately just love playing video games um so i'm fortunate to be able to spend my time doing that now and talking about them but it has changed the way i look at it which is why i've tried to take on some other hobbies now i've started watching a lot more movies catching up on all the 80s and 70s and 90s movies that everybody always yells at me for i'm finally starting to catch up on those i'm reading more i like to play chess um Things like that that aren't video, which is time I used to spend playing video games. Now I'm spending it doing those other things to just make sure I don't burn out on games. So if do I regret it? No, because it's changed my life. But has it changed the way I look at video games and, the, and my and my hobby? Yes, it has. And I hope that's a fair answer without sounding like I'm like, I fucking hate all of you because I don't. I only hate three of you and the three of you know who you are. So thank you. Donnie, the dude, Walter. And thank you, everybody that wrote in this week. We need to move on. So uh, thank you for all your submissions. Let's get into our... Oh, and I should point out, if you are one of our patrons, The Rambling Idiot every Tuesday, I have a segment now called Left Blowers, where I take on some extra questions that didn't make blowing in the cartridge. So uh, if you've been writing in and not getting on there, maybe check out The Rambling Idiot. Maybe you're getting read over there, okay? Thank you so much for the submissions. Let's change things up and get to our Smash It segment, the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. It's Play One, Remake One, Erase One. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it is, remake one as a modern game, and the third is a race from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get there in just a minute. This week I went with three seemingly well-received Master System games. Uh, we have Marble Madness, Alex Kidd in Miracle World, and Golden Axe Warrior. And 43%... 
said play Marble Madness remake Golden Axe erase Alex Kid. No other no other combo cracked twenty percent. I like it when the voting is close. This one was not close. That was the runaway answer. So let me see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. Paul Protus wrote in and said play Alex Kid because I've always found it to be a lot of fun. Also, it's only been a few years since Alex Kid DX came out, so it doesn't need a remake. Remake Golden Axe because well I've never played the Master System one. I do enjoy the Mega Drive slash Genesis version and erase Marble Madness because I don't really know anything about that game. There's not much to know, Paul. They're marbles and they're mad. I, at least I'm assuming... I've never played Marble Madness, but I assume it is about angry marbles. So if you're not turned on by anger in marbles, then I that's a good call to erase it. Fair enough. Solid, uh, solid logic. Good start. Doug Walsh wrote it and said, First, we have to tip our caps to the most recognizable, beautiful box art theming of all time. Long live the grid. I love Mar... If you've never seen Master System box art, everybody, look it up. It literally looks like it's just drawn on grid paper. It's fucking awesome. Uh, Doug says, Having owned all of these games as a young lad, we must play Alex Kidd because Rock, Paper, Scissors is a woefully underutilized battle mechanic. Also, the recent remake was infuriatingly hard. Stick with the original. We will remake Marble Madness because analog controls will be a substantial improvement and allow for far greater diversity of levels. And lastly, we will erase Golden Axe because, well, not bad. Countless games have improved on the side-scrolling action RPG genre, and Golden Axe is a little more than an afterthought. Now, that's a bold take considering Golden Axe just won the Patreon poll this month, but it's the Genesis one. But I, I digress. I, I get what you're saying, Doug. I, I, and you've played all of these, so I, I, have, I have reason to believe what you have to say. Mike Dobson said, play Marble Madness because it was basic but fun for what it was. Remake Golden Axe because it could be an awesome multiplayer game on the current gen systems and literally every other game is getting an awesome remake, so continue the trend. And then erase Alex Kidd because the conversation of, hey, have you played Alex Kidd? It's awesome. Has never happened. So bye-bye. That fucking made me pop. When I was reading the comments this week, I said, Mr. Dobson, you just got yourself a spot on my show. Hey, have you ever played Alex Kidd? It's awesome. Has never been said. Fucking love that comment. I'm not even dissing Alex Kidd. I just think it's funny. Cabes said, play Golden Axe as it's fine as it is. Remake Alex Kidd as I think it's time to let Sonic have a nice long rest after Frontiers and let Sega relaunch one of their other mascot characters and erase Marble Madness as well. I have nothing against it. Them's the rules. You goddamn right them's is. And I appreciate you playing it, Cabes. And yes, yeah, Sonic deserves a long rest after Sonic Frontiers. That fucking game. Uh, and James Juan Francesco said, play Marble Madness. Love that game. Simple video game fun. Remake Golden Axe after what I've enjoyed with the latest TMNT game. I'm sure this simple beat em up would be great, done with the same care. Bye bye, Alex Kid. Only because I feel more strongly about the previous two. Tough choices this time. Love you all. Why well, I love you too, James. I, we need more love in this world. So good answer. Uh, I'm actually going with the vast minority this week. 6% of you voted the way I did, including Alex Gonzalez, who said, Remake Alex Kid because Alex's rule. Erase Golden Axe. Great game, but plenty of other good brawlers already out there. Play Marble Madness. Analog controls will make it easier and tarnish its fuck you legacy. Hit up Super Monkey Ball if you need your analog marbles tickled. I like that. I like that analogy a lot. Uh, yeah, I myself would play Marble Madness because I never have it. It just looks really fun. I've always wanted to play Marble Madness. I, I will play that one eventually. I'm going to remake Alex Kid uh, because, quite frankly, it just looks more fun to me than Golden Axe. And then I'm going to erase Golden Axe Warrior because I'm sure it's fine. And like I said, the Genesis version of Golden Axe just won our Patreon poll. So I will be playing that in the next, I don't know, whenever I get time to it. Um, but it does just kind of look like another beat-em-up. And sure, beat-em-ups are great, but we have lots. So I don't know. I can live without. As long as I have Streets of Rage, I can live without Golden Axe. Anyway, thank you everybody for playing along. As always, we need to keep this show moving. I'm going to tell you what I've been playing over the last seven days in just a moment. I need a drink of water. So I'm going to pause for a quick word from one of our sponsors. 
Look, we've all been there. You're on your computer, you're plugging away at a project or a video or a podcast, and then somehow you lose your work. The computer crashes, you drop your phone on the delete key, your hard drive isn't terraformed or whatever it is, hey, lightning strikes the transmitter, doesn't matter. Bottom line, your work is gone and it's devastating, which is why you need backup, literally, in the form of Crash Plan. They're offering a free trial of their computer backup services and some special deals, all for the hot dogs at CrashPlan.com slash RTG. Crash Plan is the ultimate computer backup service. Whether you're just a solo internet renegade like myself, or you run a business with a bunch of people all click-clacking away, Crash Plan hangs out in the background while you work, and every 15 minutes, they encrypt and backup all the files on your computer that have changed in that time. So if your computer decides to jerk you around and they do and you lose your work a backup is waiting for you and it's not a backup from yesterday it's a backup from the last 15 minutes come on now that's that's pretty sweet and not only are they saving the most recent versions of your work they can back up unlimited versions of your work so it's like a rewind button realize you screwed something up an hour ago just rewind an hour go find an old version of it and you're just like that you're done you're back to the races it's awesome time is money don't waste your day redoing your work in a rage-filled stupor if something goes wrong. Check out Crash Plan, invest in a safety net, and save yourself a ton of time and stress when your computer decides not to play nice. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Go to CrashPlan.com RTG to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited-time buy-one-get-one offers for Remember the Game listeners. That's CrashPlan.com RTG. Back up better with Crash Plan. What have I been playing over the last seven days? It's a very short list. I've been playing a lot of Legend of Dragoon, uh, trying to get ready for that. That one, are, this is how behind I am. That one, December's Patreon poll. January's Patreon poll was Earthbound Beginnings. And now this month just wrapped up and it was Golden Axe. So, and that's in addition to the sponsored episodes. So I need to get my ass moving. But I'm working on Legend of Dragoon. And then I finally finished my two-month playthrough of Marvel's Midnight Suns, which again, I'll be reviewing on Expansion Pass tomorrow. Really, 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 I guess I don't mean to give away the whole review. I don't love it, but I really, really, really like that game. So I have a lot to say about it. It should be a good episode. That's all I've been playing. And then I've been playing a little bit of Wonder Boy. But I'm done with that now. It's time. Let's talk about it. That's why you're here. Let's talk Wonder Boy. As always, I'd like to give our listeners a chance to sound off on the game we're talking about before my guests and I hog the microphone. Wabbly, wobbly, wabbly. I have no idea how to say your name. Wrote in and said, never played, let alone heard of this game, but the title has got me rolling. Just about the most generic thing I've ever seen. It's the type of name I give my games in develop Game Developer Tycoon. I love Game Developer Tycoon. And I also give my games horrible names in Game Developer Tycoon. I will say... I don't disagree with you. Wonder Boy and Monsterland is not a very good name. I agree. They <laughs> it matches the box art, which is also the best. Speaking of that box art, uh, Crotalingua wrote in and said, "Oh man, just seeing that butt ugly white grid pattern makes me nostalgic. All the old Master System games were like that, with the weird cutout art laid over the grid pattern. I never played this one, but I think I'm gonna plug in my old Master System and play me some old ass games today. Also, while the Master System was categorically worse than the NES, it had way better sound." Just saying. Uh, I all right. I won't. I've never actually played with a master system, so I'm not gonna argue with you. I mean, if it's calling itself the master, it's got to be good at something. So maybe the 
And they, and they, God knows they're not good at box art names, so maybe sound was their thing. Lord Finish said, oh boy, do I love this game. Back in the day when I was about to get my very own console, I wasn't sure if it was going to be an NES or a Sega Master System because my parents weren't super rich, and I thought that a Nintendo cost millions and Sega was the cheap alternative. Anyway, I ended up getting a Nintendo, but one of my friends had Sega, and this was the Sega game. I can't even name another game from the Master System library, but this game was so good that I thought it had been okay if I'd gotten a Sega instead of Nintendo. Thank God I got the Nintendo, though. Otherwise, Otherwise, I probably would have ended up becoming a Sega Saturnian. And we couldn't have had that, Lord Finish. That would have been a tragedy. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I only knew one person that owned a Master System, and I never saw them play it, and I never played it. So I'm not even dunking on it. It's just, yeah, it's Nintendo. Nintendo, Nintendo fucking blew up. Apparently not everywhere. Raging Demon wrote in and said, The Sega Master System was so underrated where I grew up in Perth, it was more popular than the NES, and we loved playing the Wonder Boy games. Angry Adam will come out for the later part of this game. Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap, and Wonder Boy and Monster World are some of the best games of their respective generations. Hopefully you'll play those someday, mate. I will 100%. And Angry Adam didn't come out only because I never got to the later part of this. I could get about two-thirds of the way through. And I never got that mad because I liked it, but I just, I could not beat it. Uh, and Raven wrote in and said, this is a great master Sega Master System game. The final level being essentially a maze is very frustrating, however, when the game over means starting again from the start. And yeah, Chris and I in particular get into that. McGee is going to weigh in on that as well. I never got to that final maze and I'm glad I didn't because I think it would have just pissed me off. Uh, let's talk. You're all here for it, right? I've killed enough time. Let's talk Wonder Boy and Monsterland. I'm going to queue up some music. There it is. And when it stops, first McG, who sponsored this episode, is going to come by and explain his love of Wonder Boy. And then my buddy Chris and I are going to sit down and have a nice long chat about Wonder Boy and Monsterland, which originally released on the Sega Master System in 1988. I have no fucking idea when because Wikipedia doesn't know either. All right. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. All right, so as I'm sure I'll have said during the infamous intro that has not yet been recorded by the time I'm saying, at the time that I'm saying these words, uh, this is another one of our stupid, sexy sponsored episodes where a listener of the show has stepped up and put their money where their mouth is and said, Adam, quit fucking around, play this game. And so the person that stepped up and sponsored the episode this week is a long time, one of the OGs around here, a long time supporter of the show, my man McG. How are you, buddy? Not bad yourself. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing, you know what? I'm doing good considering the fact that you've just made me take the last two weeks of my life to play Wonder Boy and Monster Land. And I, and I don't, I like this game. I don't want to sound like I'm dunking on it. I like this game, but uh, you, you kids, you grew up like you kids that grew up with this fucking game. Like you're, you're a different breed. This is a hard game, sir. What the fuck? <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah. It's, it's definitely hard. And to top that, when I first started playing it, it was on the arcade. It wasn't even the console version. Right. So I dumped quarters, like oh so many quarters into this game before I got it on my master system. It's fucking insane. So I'm going to let you all know, if you've never played this game, we're going to get more into the, you know, because I want to know why you like this game so much and your memories of it and stuff. I just want to say like, I played it on the Switch and I played, I don't know if it's like a reman, like a collection kind of version. And you, there's all kinds of cheats where you can like, carry over your items from run to run or you can continue as much as you want and it looks a little different from some of the other versions but like at, at its core it's 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 almost this game is almost like zelda 2 is a platformer that you beat in like 45 minutes like you just run through you can upgrade your armor upgrade your magic get different items and it 
uh, it's just it's just tough as tough as fuck. Jesus Christ. So you I want to know. You need to really plan your strategy out with this. Fuck game. yeah, you do. And that's and that's what I've been learning is that like, I don't know if it's completely random, but I know or it's completely set. But I know there's a lot of like preset like this is where gold is going to be. This is how much money you're going to yeah. have when you get yeah. here. And so it does kind of be, that was one of the things about it that fascinated me was that as you're playing through the game, you start out as this like naked little chubby Martin Prince looking boy. <laughs> Just this kid standing uh, there in his underwear. Yeah. And then this guy is like, Hey, here's a sword. Go save the world. And then you just, you go off. And then as you collect money, like you said, you can spend it on various levels of armor, various levels of shields, various levels of shoes that'll make you platform better. Uh, you can buy magic. You can pay to upgrade or your to heal, I mean. And you have to decide where's your money best spent. And I have to assume there's not one set uh, um, strategy. It kind of just comes down to like what works best for you and your play style. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop talking because I'm going to talk later. I want to know, first of all, the fuck at why like did you play this growing up i assume you did you said on the arcade i want to know what your history is with this game and i want to know and be honest can you beat this game fair and square okay all right so i moved around a lot as a kid um but there was this one comic shop i used to always visit and they had two arcade machines in there one was ghosts and goblins the other one was this and i would dump Quarter after quarter after quarter. Into what, what a sadistic pairing of our <laughs> I know it. Eh? Jesus Christ. What <laughs> a Pac-Man when yeah, you that, uh, that uh comic shop owner must have been a special human being. Oh, he <laughs> tore the wings off flies. Oh, he question. knew he knew how much money he was making off those two, no those doubt. two machines. No doubt. Um so then my my first console that was mine was the Sega Master System. And there was one uh movie rental place that had um Sega Master System game. So I used to ride my bike down there with my allowance and I would rent this game and rent this game and rent this game. And then eventually I got it. And I just I fell in love with this game because it was it's the, the comic shop memories, the taking my allowance to go get it, the first console that was mine. And it just it just I I was determined to beat this game because like we've all said a million times, you didn't have hundreds of games at your disposal when you were a child, it was, oh, I like this game. I'm going to beat this game. Totally. Um, but I have beat this game before. All right. Um, Fair I, I I think I've only done it twice. I think it's only two two times I've beat it because that fucking last castle is a nightmare. Well, <laughs> I think that, I want to say there's 12 levels. I think there's 12 I think, levels. I or, think, I think so, they call yeah. them rounds, whatever. Yeah. Like I can get to about level eight, seven or eight on, on a single quarter playthrough. Uh, and that's after about two weeks of practice, practice, practice. I've played this game pretty religiously the last couple of weeks. And uh, dude, you're right. Like it's, there's something about like the NES, like this, this era, like the eighties, where it was like, there were some great games, there were a lot of shit games, and then there were some games like this that I think the difficulty is ratcheted up on purpose because, I mean, obviously when it's an arcade port, because they want the arcade cabinets to kill you so they can make more money, Yeah. but it also extends the length, because it's not a long game. Like I assume no, you could, no. if you know what you're doing, you'd probably beat this game in 30 to 40 minutes, I would imagine. If like you fly through, if you get the proper drops with gold, and uh, you can actually, I don't know if you, you had this happen, but you can get um, armor and sword drops from just regular enemies, just randomly. And yeah, I did. It happened to me like once, and I was like, "What the fuck?" I got like armor out of it. I was like, "Is that always there?" 
Have I never picked that up before? I kill this guy every time. No, it was just like a one time. It's just so. a total random drop. But um, if you if everything goes your way, yeah, you can fly through this game pretty quick. Yeah, and so I think the difficulty is is, is kind of like an artificial way to extend some of these games. Yeah. But uh, I love it, and I gotta say, dude, like I. Again, I'll get more into my reviews as the time goes on. But like for those of you that are longer time listeners of the show, I played Super Ghouls and Ghosts for the first time a couple years ago and just became completely enthralled. That game took over my life for about a month because I love I fucking for as much as I hate Dark Souls and Bloodborne and those super hard modern games, I get off on the ones that are retro like this. And playing this game, I was like, where has this game been all my life? I hate it and I love it at the same at the same fucking time because it hurts me. But I want it to fucking hurt me, man. What a sadistic fucking little game. Jesus Christ. There's been times where I can't even get past level three because I haven't had the gold drops. I haven't had the uh, armor drops. I, yeah. Like, and if you get stuck at the wrong spot and you're watching that uh, that little hourglass flip on you and you're just watching your hearts drop because you're just stuck in a spot. <laughs> oh, it it can it can break your heart <laughs> dude it's like there's so many ways this game could kill you so i wanted to ask you like do you like that so if you've never played it there's like a constant like uh yeah like an hourglass like the sand like sand through the hourglass whatever the fuck it is <laughs> and uh it's constantly like flipping over spilling all the sand out and every time it runs out you lose a little bit of health and you mentioned this was like a predecessor to adventure island which i'm very familiar with in that way that time takes away at your health as you go so you, it forces you to move your ass. Like you can't yeah. take the time and stand around. But I, I wanted to ask you, like, do you like that mechanic that the time hurts you? Um, when I was playing the arcade, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you only have a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> quarter's a lot um, of money back then. I get it. It's, it's something that isn't needed anymore, obviously. Mm-hmm. You probably needed it back then. Like you said, the game's super short. And yeah. if you can sit there and take your time with this game, I think it takes away from what it actually is. Agreed. I I think that mechanic actually helps. It, well, yeah. it does make this game fucking tougher. Uh, I think it helps. And I don't even think it's that cheap. I think the way you bounce off fucking enemies is goddamn. Oh, God. <laughs> there, yeah. you, you told me before I started. You warned me. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ, dude. The knockback in this game makes Castlevania and Mega Man and Ninja Gaiden look like fucking like Sesame Street. The bounce you, back in this game is insane. Did you ever have a point where you had really good armor so you didn't lose much health but got stuck between two enemies for like yes. 30 seconds? The motherfucking <laughs> that motherfucking mushroom boss like that was the first time I started to get stuck and now I can beat him no problem but like that was the first guy that really gave me trouble is that mushroom boss thing and because he poops out all the little mushrooms and then you just end up they just juggle you. And then while they're juggling you, this fat mushroom is jumping on your fucking head. And I was like, <laughs> I can't even get on my feet. He's got feet. that fucking grin too, and he yes. knows what he's doing. <laughs> Motherfuck. Dude, it's so easy to get stuck between two enemies and just get bounced back and forth. And it's I've never seen it. It's so fast and you just sit there and you're just like, yeah, I guess fuck me then. Like it's just it's, <laughs> it's fuck. I don't even I don't want to criticize the difficulty because I like the difficulty, but the bounce back in this game is fucking insane. I've oh, never seen anything it like is. it. It's fucking yeah. ridiculous. Drove yeah, me crazy. It's, it's not fun. It's especially when it's like a simple enemy too. Like yeah. that's the worst when you get stuck between like two of the mushroom guys or two of the mice. Like you're just yeah. like, okay, you guys aren't hurting me, but I can't do anything until you guys fucking move. <laughs> like, like it's like the one thing it's missing is that like it, it doesn't give you that like invisibility where like you hit somebody once and then you turn invisible for like two seconds and bounce back and you could run off and like 
Whew, okay, let's fucking sort ourselves out. It's just like, no, nope, you're you fell into yep. the rabbit hole. You're fucked yep. now. Take that sucker. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. And then you mentioned the running, like the random, like the drops and stuff like that too. Um, that's what I wanted to know because I'm sure that's something I'm gonna get into with Chris in a few minutes here. Like, what's your like? What is your optimal? What's your priority when you when McGee sits down to play Wonder Boy? You can upgrade armor. You can upgrade magic. You can upgrade shoes, shields. <clears throat> where where's your money best spent? Uh. First is always armor, because if you can get that armor up quick, you take very little damage. But, um, okay, so, like, because that's what I was doing. But, like, so do you settle? Because, like, usually when I get to the first armor sh- shop, all I can afford is the pink armor, which, again, makes him look like Martin Prince. Um, it's sharp-looking armor. <laughs> but I can only afford, like, the cheapest armor, because I haven't made enough money to buy the more expensive one, and I usually don't have enough by the time I get there. So do you buy the cheap armor, or do you just try to power through with no armor until you get to one of the places where you can buy better stuff? So I buy the cheap armor first because you always have the two options, right? You always have the cheaper one and the more expensive one. Yeah. So if you buy the cheaper one first, the next armor shop you go to will be the one that was there plus the one past it. So now you can start saving your money to get the one that's past like the, the, I guess the third. I never even thought of that. So if you buy like the level one armor, then the next armor shop will instantly, the level two armor that you couldn't afford when you bought the level one armor is now the cheap armor. And then the level three armor is sitting there as well. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. I like it. Did you uh did you find that gold right at the beginning that's at the first tree that you stand past? Um yeah, I think so. Okay. Because a lot of people miss that one. How and much if, was it? It's like it it changes every time, right? The gold's never the same, but it yeah. drops like three or four coins. And if you get a good drop there, you can actually get the higher armor right off. The oh, top. then maybe I haven't found because like I always get it's like, right at points. the beginning because you're I, you're center in the stage, right? Yeah. And then it's got the building where you you, you get your sword. You get your sword, yeah. And there's a tree right at the very beginning. Oh you yeah, I run back. back. To that yeah. Tree. yeah, yeah, I run back. It's just usually I end up getting like five bucks out of it. Or yeah, something. I've like, seen fun. I've seen people like online playing it because I was kind of watching some run throughs and stuff like that to get refreshed yeah. as well. I watched a guy get like a hundred and some odd gold coins dropped right off the hop Jesus. i'm like what the fuck is this <laughs> that'd be a godsend because like it's like this whole game like this game is just constantly just everything's fucking hurting you uh, uh you're bouncing back the timer running down is is trying to kill you and so like you just have to you have to fucking move your ass i can't even i can't fathom what a frustrating game this would be to speed run because oh, no, you're there's... so dependent on what you're getting dropped and if you can yeah. afford the right supplies and stuff Actually, the first time I beat the game, it was because of the random drop, and it dropped me a potion. So oh. I had used my that that basically your life, right, your second yeah. life. Yeah. And I just was, I was like, I had that stupid noise when you're almost out of hearts that yeah. irritates the hell out of you. Yes. And then I was just killing some of the the enemies, and it just dropped me a potion. I was like, oh shit, this is oh, a game fuck. breaker right here. This is yeah. Me. This is <laughs> dude. Like, so if you've never played this game, you have one life. That is it. But you also get a, at the very beginning of the game, you get a sword and you get a potion. And that potion is like a one up. So you have a second life. And then once you lose it, uh, you're fucked. You're on your one life. And then you get a very once in a great while, someone will drop one or else that level I was telling you about before we started recording, I think it's level seven where it's just like a town full of buildings. And then these stupid mice that rip through so fast that you can't react to them. There's a store there that sells a potion for a hundred bucks. And, uh, the first time I saw that, that was the first time I'd seen a potion other than the one I get at the beginning of the game. And I almost cried. I was so happy. <laughs> I was like, they're giving, I can get another potion. My God. Like there is a couple fuck. stores further on too that sell potions. I'm sure there have to um, be. Yeah. I know one of them. I'm pretty sure one of them is a hidden 
Pindor, if I remember correctly. Okay. And then the other one is just, it's almost like in a maze. You just happen to, you just have to land on the right platform to get to the spot. And that's, that's what I think is so, I don't know if I say special, but that's what really impressed me about this game is I think it's a very ambitious video game because it could just be a like run left to right, swing your sword, you know, save the world, blah, 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 blah. Picture Zelda 2. For those of you that haven't played this, it's a very, very slightly hint of Zelda 2 kind of gameplay to it. But like, there's all these different item stores and it's almost like a mini RPG built into like a 45 minute game. And when I actually got into like seeing the depth and all the different strategies you could implore and and stuff, I was like, I was, I gotta say, man, like I, I, this is the first master system game I've ever played in my entire life. Cause I never had one. I never had access to one. And uh, I was, I was thoroughly impressed. Like the box art looks so stupid. I think the name <laughs> is kind of lame and I wasn't expecting much. And you said yourself, you're like, I don't know if you're going to like it, but I was, I was thoroughly impressed. This is a really, if this was an NES game, I would be tempted to slot it into my top 20 NES games. Like I was very impressed with this little game. This, uh, I know I'm going to, I'm pro I'm going to take shit for this one. Now they sh- Sega should have ran with wonder boy over Sonic. I, I, I'm not going to disagree. Like you could have gone like a Mario Zelda thing, like yeah. a one, a one, but I agree. Like wonder boy, this should have been, a, this should be a bigger franchise. They, they, have, they have more games. They just, they didn't push it as much as, as Sonic, right? Totally. Like, they should have pushed this. Yeah. But I mean, Sonic fit into the, like we have attitude, right? Like, come on, it's a boy in his underwear. What's more, uh, yeah, edgier no than that. <laughs> it literally, it is literally, dude, I'm telling you, if you haven't seen it, go to my social media, I posted a picture of of Wonder Boy in his first set of armor, and then I posted a picture of Martin Prince dressed as the Tooth Fairy as like a costumer. No, he was dressed as like a like a girl with like an um, axe. Lizzie Borden. Play yes, Lizzie and uh, I don't know who that actually is, so I don't know that reference. But <laughs> I'm like I'm like this is this is the hero, hey? But, but like <laughs> it, it's such a great little game. I was just I, I was so shocked. I was blown away. I, I'm very impressed. Very impressed. Yeah, um, I. Uh... It it was it was like you said it was ambitious especially for eighty seven no nope. yeah when this came out like yeah that's the everything that, like like you said you don't just upgrade your armor and your shield and your sword everything looks different when you get yeah um it it it's not just like a reskin and like they added little tiny details to it to make it so you know you have something better and it makes a substantial difference like your equipment really does it's not oh, just yeah. like a cosmetic upgrade like it really fucking it really matters so if you can upgrade your sword to the last sword it makes the bosses so much easier right so and then easier. and that's not even taking into account stuff like you can pick up like notes that if you can find other people to give these notes to they do like i never figured out what it does or anything but uh yeah, like so, there's yeah, a lot that's... of like, secrets and stuff so like what did you know that i got that note the first couple levels and i never so, figured out what to do with it you get the note and then you find a hidden door in the first town. You knock on that door and he gives you something else. And then you find another hidden door somewhere else. And it just keeps giving you something <laughs> all the way basically to the end. And then right before you go into the last castle, you can pick between a bell and a ruby. And it does it makes the it does something to the boss. I can't remember exactly what it does to the last boss, but it makes him weaker in some way. So the, the bell does something, the ruby does something. I see. That's clever. Man, what a if you told me this was a predecessor to like super ghouls and go, and I know there's a ghost and goblins on the masters. I'm just saying that like, I totally believe it. Like this is yeah. what a funky little, what a funky little game. I'm, and I got to see, I never would have touched this game. I'll be honest. Like I just, 
I don't judge a book by its cover, but we all grew up <laughs> judging video games based on their box art. And this box art sucks. And I was like, this oh, looks stupid. And it's then I started the worst playing box art. it. It's almost as bad as the original Mega Man one. It is almost <laughs> as bad as the original Mega Man. But then I started playing it. I was like, dude, this game's fucking fire. So um I get it's it. actually okay. it's a pretty accurate um um what do they call it? When it it's pretty accurate to the arcade game. It's um Is that right? Yeah, like it the difficulty's the same. The sprites are almost identical. Like they put a lot of effort into these enemies too. Yeah, yeah, they did. It seems like a solid port. Um that's the I, word I was looking for. Port. I'm yes. dumb. <laughs> a, well, welcome to the club, friend. I'm a factory no. woke. <laughs> no, it's a great game. I I just I I was very impressed. I uh I, I hate to admit it because I like I don't hate Sega, but like I grew up on the other side of the trenches, right? I was a Nintendo kid. And uh, I, I'm I'm like, dude, this is this is better than a lot of the shit I've played on the NES. Like this Sega is did, that's one movie. thing Sega did do though. They didn't have like as recognizable franchises as Nintendo did. No, but when they put out a game, it was good. Like, yeah, they were good games. Um, I mean, minus Sonic Adventure two. But no, that's I just I had to get it in there once. But no, agreed. It's a great. It's, I was really impressed. It's a great fucking game. Um, so we need to score it. Okay. And I always like to let my guests have the option to come up with a stupid scoring scale. If not, I will come up with one. But you had told me that you had a scale in mind. Yeah. So what do so, you got? Originally, I was going to go with the price of the two drinks, but it's still weird feeding a child alcohol. Um, oh, yeah. Cause you can stop <laughs> at the bar and buy booze to get health back, right? Yeah. Fucking, I love it. Um, but I, I counted up the enemies. So there's 37 different enemies, including the bosses in this game. All right. So I figured we could rank it out of 37. That's a very remember the game scale. I like that <laughs> scale a lot. Uh, all right. Well, then uh, I'll score in a little bit. Uh, the floor is yours, McG. Out of 37, what are you slapping on Wonder Boy in Monsterland? I'm going to give this a 30 out of 37. It all does right. have a lot of uh, nostalgic ties to my memories and stuff like that. Uh, it, loses a, it loses a few points for the bounce back. Um, it loses a few points for that goddamn sound when you're almost dead. <laughs> but oh. besides that, this 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 is one of my favorite games ever. I absolutely love this game. Yeah, it's fire. It uh, I like I'll warn you right now. Like it's gonna get a good score from me. Nostalgia is a powerful drug, but I oh, have yeah. no nostalgia for this game. And I'm like, it's it's getting a decent score out of me. Like I just, I guess I'm just a fucking sicko for these tough old games. I love them. I don't. Know I'm glad why. you enjoyed it because I was worried. I oh no, worried. no! Dude, <laughs> I've played much worse than Wonder Boy and Monster Land. This game's fucking. This game's the shit. I enjoyed it a lot. So, uh, listen, dude. I'm gonna we're gonna queue up some music and then I'm gonna switch over to talking to Chris and basically just talk about this game some more because that's what we do around here. Uh, but dude, thank you so much for your for all the support. You've been around this community since like the, the early days. Uh, so I appreciate the support and uh, I also appreciate your patience because I know this <laughs> took a long time and uh, thank you for introducing me to wonder boy. I'm a fan hey, now. You did. You got to try all the other you. ones now because there's a whole bunch of other ones. They got to try now. Are any of them better than this? Uh, Monster world is probably right. the best one. Okay. I'll remember that then I'll put okay. that on the, I remember I had to ask you before I started playing. I'm like, am I playing the right one? Cause there's a lot of these <laughs> and you're like, yes. So, uh, all right, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, dude, thank you so much for doing this, man. It was really oh, fun thank you. Hey, had fun. This is awesome. All right, so joining me, 
via the blank phone this week is a man that needs no introduction, but I am contractually obligated to give him one. You may remember him from Remember the Game episode number one, and then a substantial number of episodes ever since, and that is my good friend Chris. How are you, my buddy? I'm good. I've sat through all of your Nintendo games. It's finally time to do something I want to do. We're going to talk Master System. Yes. I got, you know what, dude? I was saying to McG, uh, who sponsored this episode, so shout out to McG. Uh, this is, I, th- I think, the first Master System game I've ever played. I think it is. I don't know for sure. I know there's like Sonic was like a port. Like it got ported to Genesis. Lost Games got ported to Genesis. But I think this is the first one. And uh, if this is any indication of what the Sega Master System is capable of, then I might be turned around on this whole subject. Because this is a... I, I love... I think this game is horrible and I love it at the same time. It's just so goddamn hard, Chris. Jesus oh, Christ, I, it's hard. It took most of my childhood to beat it finally. So, okay. So then I'll ask you the same thing I asked Dave. Can, have you you've beaten it on the up and up? You're a monster. How? <laughs> I mean, I've only been playing it for two weeks, and I can get about two-thirds of the way through, and then everything goes off the rails. No, it's, it took a lot of practice and a lot of memorization and so then and a little bit of luck. Okay, so then let me ask you, because Dave said he played it a lot at the arcade. You played it on the Master System? Yeah, like I didn't even know it was an arcade game. I didn't really use it. Like, it's been on a lot of different consoles, apparently, in different forms. But, yeah, I only ever played it on the Master System. Oh, okay. Um, all right. So then I'll ask you, is this is this the Master System game? It's one of the top ones. I think it would appear in most top 10 lists. Yeah. I think its sequel takes it even further, and it's probably the better game. But this one, for what it was, was awesome. And the sequel is Wonder Boy and Monster World. Uh, it'd be Wonder Boy 3 Wonder Boy th- and the Dragon oh, okay. Strap. Yeah. Fuck, fucking Wonder Boy. But, like, we were... but really, who really ever knows? Because there's so many Wonder Boy games that all kind of gel together. So. Yeah. Like, I got to tell you, buddy, like going into this, I, I'm not going to say that I wrote this game off because I, I wasn't writing it off, but I was, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Cause like, I'll be honest, like, let's call a spade a spade. I'm never going to judge a game based entirely on its box art. Cause if I did, I'd never play Mega Man, <laughs> but the, but the box art of this game is pretty bad. And then you look at the game and I'm like, well, this doesn't look like anything. Like, it looks like a very run of the mill generic hack and slash ish run left to right you know and then you start playing it and uh i have to i gotta say man like i was i'm truly and i mean it with no sarcasm like i'm truly impressed at how deep this game is for it's it's like taking like a game like zelda 2 or something and squishing it into like a 45 minute adventure it's pretty zelda 2 with a good version yeah yeah exactly like i'll be honest i like this game better than zelda 2 like it's it's a i'm really impressed because like you can upgrade your weapons upgrade your magic upgrade your stats there's a lot of buying items and stuff like that but it's all over like a 45 minute game and that's this very ambitious a very ambitious title for for a game from the 1980s you mentioned you mentioned the box art if that guy showed up to save me i think i would take my chances with whatever was on the other (laughs) yeah right he doesn't inspire much confidence yeah like it's a it's a confident game hey like it yeah it works really well like frankly like it's a little i feel like it's a little ahead of its time like with all the different things they put in and there's like secret doors and secret items and everything like we'll get into the difficulty because this game took fucking days off my life but uh like if you so if you've never played it quickly you start out as like this little wonder boy and uh you start out naked in the woods you're just in your underwear and then uh an old man thing gives you like a sword and a potion to bring you back to life once and says go save us and that's basically it 
But then as you go through, you can like you collect money and you can you, you can upgrade your armor, upgrade your sword, upgrade your magic, buy new shoes, buy shield. The, the shoes make your platform better. Buy shields to block damage. You can go to hospitals to heal up. You can go to bars for some reason, even though you're a child and buy <laughs> drinks to heal up and get advice. And uh, like no two runs, it's not. I'm not gonna say it's like completely randomized, but no two runs are exactly the same, and that's what keeps me coming back. Like that's the hook to me is that you never know what items you're going to find or what magic or money is going to get dropped and stuff like that. And it's a, there's a lot packed into such a tiny little cartridge, man. I'm just very, very inventive, very impressive game. Yeah. Like for an eight big game, it's definitely, it's, it's not just a hit a mash a or anything like that. There is, there's a lot to it. And yeah, like, and the thing is like, I, like, I'll be honest with you. Like, I think the combat itself is, like, I'm curious what you think, because, like, to me, this game's biggest strength is the upgrading system and the money and and trying, you know, like, early on trying to decide what kind of build am I going to go for and stuff like that. Like, I frankly think the combat and the platforming leaves something to be desired. But what takes it over the... It's like it's a very cheap stake as far as the platforming and the action goes. But then if the if the upgrade system and the magic and the armor and the money and stuff like that, if that's the seasoning, it's like a cheap stake that's just been seasoned to perfection. Do you know what I does that make sense? Yeah, like I mean it's there's it's pretty rudimentary platform. Like I don't even know if there's ice or anything like that that affects your running or anything which like is, that. Which which isn't so. a bad thing, because ice levels fucking suck. So and that's the not... hack and slash is probably the same too. It's it's I mean you only have one attack and some magic, but yeah, it's pretty basic as well too. But but I yeah, yeah the, no, go ahead. But the customization after that is it can be, be pretty thorough. Oh dude. I, like to I me, say, like yeah. To me, that's the sauce with this is it's got two different forms of replay. It has replay because it's super hard and you're just going to die over and over. But then it also has replay because the next time you try, maybe instead of spending all your money on armor, you spend your money on better shoes and a bunch of magic and try going that way. You know, like there's no no two runs are exactly the same. And it was so funny as kids too. All we wanted to do was get the boots just so we could keep jumping high and then flack flack dead each time. But oh yeah, jump high. So (laughs) Uh, and that's where I wanted to go to ask you because like I hardly ever upgraded my boots because I was like, ah, he's competent. The only time I found jumping to be a pain in my ass was jumping when you kill an enemy at the end of a level. They usually drop a bunch of money and a key, and they drop the key right in the middle, and then they drop fucking money on either side, and I could get half the money, and then I was never able to jump over the key to get the money on the other half. And if you touch the key, you fucking lose out on that money. And money is so money makes the world go round and money makes fucking monster land go round. Like money is so critical in this game. Um, but that's what I wanted to ask you as a veteran of this game, where, what are you upgrading? Where's your, like, where do your priorities lay? Well, see on the master system, I think it might've been a bit different because, uh, it wasn't as randomized, I think as the arcade version would be. Okay. And then the only way I ever did beat it is yet to learn when to buy what when because certain stores would pop up on certain levels. And, like, I think a lot of the hidden gold would only show up in certain spots, too. So you kind of almost had to have that all figured out. Yeah. Dude. To master your playthrough because I think I'd always start off with a shield early on just to repel attacks a little bit. And then I think after that it was armor and then boots and then yeah. just repeat the cycle. So that's what we were talking about earlier, too, because I'm like, like, you get to, like, the first armor store, say, and there's, like, a cheap set of armor for, like, I don't remember what it is, like, 100 gold. And then there's, like, a better set of armor for, like, 240 gold. And I'm like, I don't think there's a way to get here with 240 gold. Like, if there is, fucked if I know what it is. And so, you're right. Like, especially in the beginning, it's kind of a... 
Like, it, you know, like their first like 20, 30 runs, you're just kind of figuring out the controls and the lay of the land because the enemies never change and stuff like that. But then once you kind of know what's coming, then it becomes a risk reward thing because you're right. Like I always bought a shield too because if you don't buy a shield, then those fucking... I don't know what they are, but like the demon things that shoot arrows at you, like those arrows are really hard to jump over without a shield blocking them. Uh, but if I could get through there without buying a shield, then I would have so much more money to buy better armor when I got to an armor store. So it becomes like a risk reward thing that I, I really, I kind of admire it, frankly. It's frustrating as fuck when you take a risk and it doesn't work. But I uh, I like that the concept of that system. So you always bought a shield too, that. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Okay. For sure, yeah. I tried, dude, I tried so hard. Because that's the other thing is like, <laughs> you have one fucking life minus the potions. And so, and the whole time that you're playing that goddamn sand hourglass is counting down and taking away your fucking health. So you can't even go slow. It just, fuck. Everything in this game fucking hurts you. Like if you breathe wrong, it fucking hurts you. <laughs> oh yeah, like it's it sets you up almost for fail because like you can't sit and farm gold or else your health's ticking down. Yeah. And, and like you don't, um, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and like at least the, the version I played on the Switch, most enemies don't drop gold when they, and they fucking rejuvenate super fast. But then after the first time when they might have dropped gold, now they just drop shit that's worth points, which are fucking useless. On the console, if you have the points, I think eventually you get more hearts. Oh, God. Okay. That would make sense. Cause like, you're right. And even, if, but even if they dropped gold, like you said, you can't stand around. Like it's so, it's such a, everything in this game, and I'm not, it's not a criticism. But everything in this game is, like, working against you. It's like, you have a finite amount of gold, and you need to upgrade your shit, or you're going to get killed super fast. And you only have one life, so you can't even risk getting killed. But if you spend your gold on upgrading your equipment now, you can't afford the better equipment later. But if you try to go without the better equipment, or the cheap equipment now, you're going to lose all your health and die before you get to where the good equipment is. And you can't take your time and crawl through, because the whole time you're going, the fucking clock is counting down and hurting you. And it's just, it, this game is just giving it to you from all angles. It's, like, I've, I, I was saying to Dave, like, to speedrun this game, must be the most frustrating experience in the world like yeah like i i saw a playthrough i guess to kind of refamiliarize myself with this too and like he must have practiced a lot because he didn't get hit much but he still upgraded his equipment just so that when he did it didn't like level his health out or... right oh my god it's fucking just fucking fucking vicious game what do you think of the of the one life system uh, like, I think the version you played, you said you got continues, right? Well, okay. So th I think the version on the switch is like the arcade one, because when you die, yeah. if you want to, it says insert a credit to continue. And then I can pick up at the level I'm at. So sometimes I would play that way. And then sometimes I would play it on the up and up where just, I had one run. And if I died, I died. And that was it. Um, but it does give you the option too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think console had continues. You had your potion that filled your health up again, but yeah. after that, you were done. And by the time you got to end game, which had a very, very, very frustrating final level, that's where the one life system would really become a bit of a piss off. Yeah, like I, I, I can only speak to the version that's on the Switch, but I, I highly recommend if someone listening to this is interested in trying this game. I, I mean, I guess there's something to be said for playing it natively on the old Master System or whatever, but I highly recommend this one because if you want to go the original version and just go with, like, one life with one potion and then that's it, then you can. If you want to keep continuing, you can. You can turn on modes where your equipment carries over to a new game. So you start a new game with whatever armor and sword and shit you had. 
Oh, which wow. which makes it like, and I tried it in every different way, and I think I could have beaten it that way if I tried, but I wanted to beat it on the up and up, and I could get to about level eight of I think twelve on a on a straight run, and then I just couldn't get any further. Like the and like not only is the game hard, but the difficulty spikes from level to level are fucking insane too. So it sounds like yours is more arcade hard, where it's meant to make you put more quarters in, whereas the console one was just kind of hard in general. Yeah, but. I think it. I think it is for sure, but doesn't mean yeah. it's bad. Um, yeah. Like it's it's just very inventive. Now I wanted to ask you because you had told me that like you love. I know you love this fucking game. Um, so like like take us back, take us back to little Chris sitting there on the floor. I assume he had a big head like Simpsons kids, like they had the giant head with the little body. You know? <laughs> like take us back to like little Chris played. Like was this your go to as a child? Like I was a Super Mario Brothers kid, but like is this is because if this is how you grew up, then you're calloused as fuck. Like your thumbs must be rock hard. Well, it was the strangest thing in my little town. All they, everyone had a master system. Like there wasn't an NES there, so like we all grew up with these consoles. And like an older kid would play this, and we'd just be like, "Whoa!" And they could get to the end and just be mesmerized. And as kids, like I mean, it felt like this game went forever. When really nowadays, it's only maybe forty-five minutes long. Yeah, it's it's the game is shorter than this podcast is going to be. But no, it was. I guess it was our Zelda. Yeah, it was okay. our adventure. It was our kind of world. So and I'll, and it's funny too because like I don't mean to call you out, but like you and I are pretty good buddies. And my understanding, like you've never been the world's biggest Zelda fan. No. Now why is that? Is that I don't mean to get on a rant, but like is that because you're like I'm like I'm Team Wonder Boy? Like what? Like I'm just curious because like oh listen, I'm not I'm not trying to troll you. I'm I'm not the world's biggest Zelda fan either. I frankly like this game better than a couple of the Zeldas that I've played, considering that it's older than all of them. I like it better than some of them. But, like, I'm just curious, like, what is it about this, like, you know what I mean? Like, what it, why? Why? I'm just curious. I think Zelda just never really clicked with me, and that's and that's fine. I'm not going to say it's a bad game or a bad series or anything like oh, that. Oh, it's terrible. No, I, I'm kidding. I think... No, I don't want the wrath. I'm, I'm <laughs> but without one, and I guess without Zelda, Zelda 2, and then you got to Link to the Past, which was a good game. Like, I played it. And sure, sure. It, but I yeah. guess it just wasn't our franchise, so. And it's weird, too. Yeah, like, it's. Fuck, it's so funny, eh? Because like in 2023, I think the Sega Nintendo war is mostly dead, but those of us that grew up in the trenches of it, like the feelings are still there. Like I like Sega now, but I'm still like you're no Nintendo, so I I understand that. But like a lot of these, like a lot of these Master System franchises, like between Wonder Boy, Alex Kidd. I mean, who's ever, they've barely surfaced in the last 10, 20 years now, so. Yeah, and you know what, dude? That's funny. I wanted to, we'll get back to the game, everybody. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, this game is, it's fun, but it's not exactly, there's not like a riveting plot and t- plot twists and shit to talk about. Like, it's it's a pretty basic, it's a game from 1984. It's pretty fucking basic. Um, D- Dave and I were talking about that. Like, obviously, Sega decided to make Sonic the the poster child, which I think was the right call because uh, it made their system look cool and everything like that. But like, I'm really shocked that if Nintendo had Mario with Zelda as kind of, it's like one, a one B like, I'm really surprised and maybe I'm wrong, but like, I'm surprised Sega didn't push wonder boy more. Like, am yeah, I wrong? Like, I, I'm not too familiar with what, like, cause wonder boy and adventure Island are kind of the same game, but different skins. And I'm not sure the history behind it, but yeah. Like, I don't even, yeah, I think that kind of, I don't know if Wonder Boy was even Sega's truly or anything like that, but Alex Kidd, I think, was supposed to be the mascot, and he kind of got shoved aside for Sonic. Like, okay, so I've never played Alex Kidd. Like, is Alex Kidd better than Wonder Boy? Because he looks, 
I, I mean, I thought Wonder I would Boy say looks it's a better platformer, too. but neither one of them are going to touch Mario. So. Oh, okay, okay. See now, but now it's funny you say that though, because like in some ways, I think this game stands up against Mario, like Wonder Boy and Monster Land. In some ways, I think the combat and stuff leaves something to be desired. But again, I just I can't get over how and like listen, I'm not gonna I'm not trying to make it sound like this is like fucking the world's deepest RPG ever, and you can like buff all your stats. It's nothing like that. But I just. I think this game would have, if I had owned this game as a child, I would have played this more than I played Mario. Because there's just something about that, being able to upgrade all your different abilities and play it in different ways. Like in Mario, you had a mushroom and a flower and a star, and that was it. And in this one, you're like, I'm not even going to worry about magic. I'm just going to buff all my armor. Or like you said, I'm going to buy all these shoes and platform like a motherfucker, and I'll just try to dodge all the damage. Um, <laughs> you know, like, or, or you're like, I'm going to load up on armor and just be a tank, and I don't care about using magic. And I'm just, I'm. I, I know I keep repeating myself, but like I can't think of a game earlier than this that played as well as like that was as inventive as this. Like I, I really respect what this game tried to do. Um, yeah, I call it a, I call it a top action RPG of its generation. I oh yeah, it and... no question. And dude, and we haven't even brought up shit like enemies drop power ups, like the gauntlets and the helmets and stuff like that. That yeah, they buff you up a little bit. And... Like, and that's the thing to me that makes this game not not frustrating i don't think it's frustrating to play but that's why i think it'd be so frustrating to fucking speed run because you're like oh this run's going like shit but then like dude i don't know about you but like i've had the odd run where like every second enemy is dropping a power up and i'm i'm like in god mode for like three levels and then and then i'll go like 10 runs where i don't get a single power up to save my life um yeah it's, it's definitely the luck factor when that comes down to it because if you if you get a gauntlet at a critical boss or a critical boss i think it makes all the difference in the world oh my god because some of these boss fight bro i'll ask you now keep in mind i've only been through eight levels but like is there a boss that you like that irks you the most because i have one that i oh, owns my soul. <laughs> like is there like go ahead like what is there a boss you hate because there's one i want to rant about i hate him. some of the jumping knights are frustrating um there's a there's like a pig knight further along that was a pain in the ass. Oh, no. oh. Is there a sphinx in your version? A sphinx? I don't, not that I, it, maybe there is, but if there is, I don't think I ever got to one. Oh, that boss is, was the most frustrating one, and I'll tell you why. So the level he's in on the console, if you, if you find the certain bar and buy a drink, they tell you, like he asks you a riddle. If you buy a bar, or if you go to the bar, you buy a drink. He'll give you the, they'll give you the, like the veiled answer to it. And if you answer right, he blows up and you get to go on. If not, you have to fight him. Oh yeah, dude. Yes, yes. I just, I just, I never knew that you got the answer from the bar. I just guessed the answer and just got lucky. But yes, okay. So I've never fought him because I've always gotten the answer right. So I got a funny story for you. Young Chris got the answer. He got to the boss, and my my old man was watching me play this game. Yeah. And the question was, what did I have for dinner last night? Yes. And I had I had the answer, and my dad's like, no, Sphinx is like steak. I'm like, what? He's like, trust <laughs> me on this. I put it in, and no, you're wrong. He, he messed me up, and I lost the game. And then I talked back to my dad, and he took my controller for a week. Of course. And you know what the best part is? like, Because you're a kid, and kids are dumb. Kids believe whatever their parents <laughs> tell them. It's like, why would my dad, who's never played video games and most certainly has never interacted with a Sphinx, know what they eat <laughs> despite the bartender in the game telling me something? I don't even know what the food the Sphinx eats is. It was like Sarad or something. Like, I don't remember what it fucking was. I don't know. But, yes, I do remember that fucking – I never fought him. So he fucks you up if you get it wrong, eh? Yeah, and if he, and my dad's in a home someday, come play this episode for him and you'll know why. I will, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I never knew that you could get the answer from the bartenders. I always just guessed and just got lucky. 
Yeah, like oh. there is quite a bit of hidden stuff in this game to find. Yeah, and I want to. Okay, so just quickly, I want to quickly just I the uh, it's to the point now where I can beat him pretty easily. But the mushroom boss was like, I hate that guy because oh, when the I was jumping one, right? Ugh, like now that I know how to play, I can get past him without losing my potion because he's the boss of like level two or something. He's not that bad. But when you're first learning how to play, he's this stupid mushroom that jumps all over the screen and he's hard to hit because he has to land right in front of you. But then he keeps pooping out little mushrooms, and once you touch one, they just start juggling you. And while you're getting juggled, the big one lands on top of you. And, like, dude, that, that guy probably killed me half a dozen times before I started to figure out, like, the strategies of this game. And I was like, this game fucking sucks. I hate that mushroom so fucking much. I just had to rant about him quick. I fucking hate him. Um, yes, there is a lot of hidden stuff in this game. I Go, go ahead. What, what was your thought on that? Because I've only found a little bit, and I'm kind of not sure what to do with it. Well, there's kind of a few different hiding things in the game. Like, they almost have a thing like Link's Awakening where you, you get an item, you find the next person, they trade it for the next item, and eventually it gives you at the end of the game something to help with the final level. It's, it comes down to you can either get a ruby that helps you with the last dragon, or you get like a chime for the last level, which rings when you're going the right way because it's a really, oh. really annoying maze. Okay. But, uh, yeah, like, you can find all that stuff throughout. I think to upgrade your swords, the same, too. you got to find the hidden bosses to yeah, yeah. beat to get those. So those are the two, I think, most and that, prominent hidden paths. Okay, because, like, I upgraded my sword twice. Like, I can upgrade my sword two times. But um, you're in, like, the first couple levels, and you're in, like, a cave down, like, under, I was going to say downstairs, like, underground. And, uh, and, like, he does the thing where he goes, oh, and you know there's a door there. And you open the door. And then there's something on the other side and they're like, yeah, hey, I have a note for somebody in this town. Give it to them. And so I got it and then I can get as far as that town, but I don't know where the person to give that note is. Uh, and so like, is that shit all optional or do you have to do that to beat the game? Or is it it's optional. optional. Okay. It's optional. Like it's, it gives you one of two items that makes it easier in the end, whether it's to help with the final boss or to help you find your way. Okay. If you play it all the way through. Okay. Cause I, I do agree with you. I think it's very clever that they fucking, uh, Again, like, it's just a very ambitious game that they would find a way to put stuff like that into a game this big is pretty, or this, I guess, small, uh, is, is really impressive. Like, I it really, I, I was blown away by, like, that kind of stuff, and, like, there's hidden gold everywhere. I don't know if there are hidden, like, like, I don't think there's, like, hidden hospitals or places you can go to get your health back and stuff. It's just items and things. But I think so, yeah. Like, I think you have to buy health or hospital visits every time. Yeah, which is also, like... Okay, uh, you know what? We should really stop here quickly. We should get a word in from our sponsor. And then I, I really want to get into the difficulty of this game. It's some of the things that make it difficult. Because I'm not dunking on it. I love old school difficult games. But this game will fuck you up. And I want to talk about that. And we're going to get there in just a minute. We need to pause here. I need a drink of water. And we're going to stop for a quick word from uh, one of our sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, we all need somebody. Your spouse, your friends, your family. Lean on me. When you're not strong. I hope my singing didn't ruin your day. But the point is, we all need relationships. And unfortunately, they're not always easy. They take work. My substantially better half and I have put more work into our relationship than just about anything I've ever touched. And that's how she's been able to stand me for so long. It's give and take. And therapy can be a great way to help balance the taking with the giving. 
I've been beating this drum for a while and I will continue to beat. Talking to a therapist is one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's almost like a massage for your mind. My therapist has helped me be a better partner, friend, and person. And honestly, sometimes they've just been a great ear to bend when I need to vent about the stress in my life. And therapy can help anyone. You don't have to have been through some crazy trauma to reap the benefits of talking to somebody. If any of this is getting through and you're thinking about giving therapy a shot, consider BetterHelp. I've used them myself and they're legit when they say they make therapy as convenient and accommodating as possible. Fill out a short questionnaire and they'll match you with a licensed therapist that suits your needs and you schedule appointments around your schedule. And all of your sessions are done online or over the phone so you can squeeze in a mind massage when it works best for you. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RememberTheGame. Okay, so getting into the difficulty of this. And that's, and that's why the Sega Saturn is the greatest system of all time. Oh, fuck's sakes. And you were fucking waiting to do that, too. You son <laughs> oh, of a bitch. Yeah. I, should, well, I should just delete this episode from the archives forever. Uh, is, <laughs> now, I will ask you, is there a Wonder Boy game on the Saturn? No, I think the Genesis was the last well, console and, to have one. And ironically, it was the last time Sega was successful. Maybe Wonder hey. Boy was the, maybe that was their mistake. He's a... He was a secret sauce. Yeah, they put all of their fucking, they put all their, they, they hitched their wagon to the Echo Horse. And look how that fucking worked out, stupid dolphin. Um, just imagine a boardroom where they're just sitting around like, hey, what are we doing with Wonder Boy? No, let's do Knights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the thing about it too is like, when you look, I want to even the difficulty, but like when you look at Wonder Boy, and then you look at the Sega, like, dude, when, I don't know about you, because you grew up with it. Maybe you have a different impression. As someone that grew up on the outside looking in of Sega, it was always cool. It was Sonic. It was Toe Jam and Earl. It was Gunstar Heroes and sports games and the controller. And Genesis does what Sega don't, or Nintendo don't and stuff like that. Wonder Boy, I, I like this game, but like he doesn't fit that cool image at all. Like he looks well, like if I knew nothing of video games, I would think this was a Nintendo game. You know what I mean? Like it looks so childish compared to what some of the Sega games were like. Yeah, like it's pretty bright and colorful and kind of warm and inviting yeah like it just as makes, far as goes, yeah. makes me wonder if that's you know maybe part of why uh why it, I, I don't know doesn't anyways it, maybe just why they didn't go back to it um so the difficulty in this game like we already talked about if you've never again if you never played it you started with like five hearts and every time you get hit you're losing health plus this fucking hourglass is constantly counting down think adventure island and every time it hits zero it's costing you health everything in this fucking game costs you health but it's not just that you're always losing your health First of all, like we said, you basically have one life. You start the game out with a potion. And then I found a guy around level seven, I think, where you can buy a potion. That is the only additional potion I have found in this game. Like, yeah, like I think you can only find them in a couple stores that I know of. Yeah, like apparently occasionally an enemy will drop one. But if, it, if that's the case, it's got to be like a one in a thousand because I don't know if it's ever happened to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall ever getting one, I don't think. It's just... Like, I don't even know if I want to criticize it because you like you're like I mean this is part of what games were in the eighties right like difficulty was a way to increase the length of the game so you'd play it more, but like even the hospitals you go to a hospital and you can get your health back and it costs you twenty gold then the next time you go it costs you forty gold and it and it so then you like that becomes another risk reward where you're like I have two of my five hearts left I'm about to go fight this boss do I burn the $20 fill up or do I save it? Cause as long as you don't use it, 
the hospital will always only cost you $20. So then it becomes a risk reward thing. But I wish you could buy a potion. I don't know. Part of me wishes you could buy a potion at the hospital every time. But part of me thinks that does add to the charm of it that you can well, only come back once. And as an adult, I can kind of appreciate that. Like, I mean, do you want to loot your next shield to keep healing up? Or do you get yeah. good enough to avoid some of your enemies? Or do you? Yeah. It's like the whole. Like it is a juggling act. Oh, dude. The whole game is. It's like it's fucking. It's like the first game to ever teach you like like finance, like finances. <laughs> like <laughs> you're like you, that your allowance is 40 gold. Do you want a shield to keep you alive? Or do you want to go to the doctor to get healthy? Because you can't afford both. So pick care. It's, 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 it's fucking tough. But then I also like, there's little things. And this is honestly my biggest gripe with the game. And I understand it's a product of, you know, the mid eighties, but the, the fucking collision detection, like your sword is so fucking short that there are enemies that are moving fast that like the timing almost needs to be like punch out esque to land an attack without the enemy touching you. Like, oh, Absolutely. Oh, fucking go ahead. It just it bugs me. It fucking irritates me kind of. It's well, like that sort of boss fight is it's by the time you dodge their projectiles, dodge them and you're close enough, you get maybe one or two hits on them before you kinda of have to regroup and launch yeah. the same attack again. Dude, I uh, like the Kraken is a perfect example of that. That Kraken fight where it like it's a Kraken but it flies. Well, which makes perfect sense. Uh, and it throws like orbs of energy up in the air and then they raid down on you. And the orbs of energy are easy to dodge and the Kraken itself is easy to dodge. The problem is you need to get about a thumb's width from him on the screen to have a chance at touching him with your sword. And it's so hard to hit him without him just touching you with his random movement. Like, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like that is, I'm just saying like, that is my biggest gripe is I wish there was just a little bit more flexibility and like, I could get to level seven where you're in this village and these blue mice are running across the screen all the time. And they take five or six hits to kill sometimes. And they're moving so fast that like, you need to be like dead on with your timing of pulling your sword out. Cause if you're too early, they'll, your sword will go away and they'll run into you. And if you're too late, they'll touch you before you hit them. Like it's, it's fucking like the early game is easy with the slow moving mushrooms and stuff. But once the enemies start moving faster than you, it's fucking, it takes a lot of practice, man. Fuck. Yeah, because the start of the the start of the sword animation isn't when you hit them. It like it takes a little bit of follow through, I think, before the hit actually registers. So like your sword's coming out, but they're still coming into you, and you're getting hit. Yeah, like in in some ways, this game reminds me of like an old like an like a like a pre NES Ninja Gaiden, because like the enemies are coming at you, and they need to be pretty close for you to land a sword attack. Um, but then this game is much more unforgiving than Ninja Gaiden is. And this game's pushback, bounce back, whatever you want to call it, makes Ninja Gaiden look like nothing. <laughs> Holy fuck. An enemy touches you and like, God help you if you're standing near a ledge or another enemy. Because you are going to fly about a fucking fifth of the way across the screen when you get hit. It drives me up the wall. And there's no invincibility period after you get hit. Like, no, there isn't, is there? <laughs> no, you get hit by one, and if there's another enemy behind you, then they just start like playing keep away, but with you, and it fucking <laughs> oh my god, like it's like you have to agree, like that is such it's horseshit. It makes me crazy. Like, fuck you, fuck, fuck. Looking you. back, I can laugh because I can hear that bump, bump, bump when you get caught between two elves and you're dead. Oh, dude, the fucking part. Oh my god, and you trolled me and made me so fucking angry. There's a part. In the fourth or fifth level where you're walking through, like, a desert and you have to fall into, like, a hole in the ground that you can't see. And then you get down there and there's a key that you need to get through the level. 
but you you'll be walking and there's those fucking guys that shoot arrows at you and they're on both sides of you so you're trying to if you don't have a shield you're fucked okay? you're trying to block these arrows from all sides then you fall down into this hole and then there's four golden bats two on each side and you have to kill them all to make the platforms to climb out of this hole up here but the bats are just swooping in and hitting you and if one hits you then by the time your character has reached the ground the other one has come down and hit you <laughs> fuck you it's such bs i don't care it's cheap crap and like once you know the strategy of like as soon as i fall in there now i run right to the edge of the screen because then they are then they're coming right at me there's nowhere to get me from either side but uh the, like i don't know does it like did it it would have pissed me off as a kid it pissed me off as a 39 year old man does it bother you am i, am I, I, I is it just me as a kid it was just hard i think i didn't think of it as pissing off it's just if you messed up, you were toast already, and then oh. you started over, kind of. So yeah, you can make like no mistakes in this game, like one mistake, and it can it can, dude. Like uh, I'm putting you on the spot. I don't know how often you've played it, but like, how far do you think you can get before you need your potion? Ballpark. Do you have an idea? Um, once I like once I, once I was finally able to beat the game, I could get about three quarters of the way through pretty routinely without my potion coming up. And by the time I beat it, I don't even know if I used it at the end, but okay. Cause it, but that was also because like, if you got the last two, one of the last two items of the game, it's either the, it would either get you to the boss quick enough before your time dragged you down or you could kill the boss easier. Oh, I see. Once you knew the way kind of thing. Okay. I can get to about that Kraken and then it'll cash it in. And it's not the end of the world because then I can get to that town where I can buy another one. And then it's, and then I'm like, well, now I have another potion, but like, it doesn't even matter. It just like the difficulty spike in this. I feel like the first two or three levels are hard, but you'll play through them over and over. And in a couple hours, you'll have the first couple levels down. You won't have a problem, but then there's this like other difficulty spike. And then there's another, like this game does not slowly ramp up. Like it feels like every second level, it's just out to kill you harder. You know what I mean? Like it is. And, and, oh man, I just. That fucking knockback is, I just, I, I'm, I don't mean to like harp on it, but that is my biggest gripe with the game is that and that collision detection. And again, I understand that it's a game from the eighties, but I just like, I don't even think it's artificial difficulty. I think it's there on purpose. And it just makes me, it's so infuriating when you like go to land and attack on an enemy and you're like a split second off on your timing with your sword. And it's easy when they're slow moving enemies. But when you get to those fast moving ones, like all those, that fucking village where all the blue mice are running around is bullshit. I don't care. (laughs) Because like you, you miss that timing once and then they get you from, they just start running a fucking train on you. And like you just need them to all leave you alone for two seconds to get your footing, and you might not ever get that two seconds. Fuck oh, yeah, because because they're not knocked back either. Like when you hit them, they're still barreling forward. So unless yeah. you have a enough space to get a good few shots on them or get ready to jump, you're done. Yeah, they freeze for like a split second. But the problem is that like one is running at you, and you get the timing down. Like you get them trapped with your sword, and you just start mashing attack. While you're doing that, one runs at you from the other side or from the same side as the one you're attacking, and you can't hit both. And then it just like, I finally got to the point in that village where I was like, I'm just going to run through and just try to jump over everything, get a potion. And then the thing is you have to get to the end of that village, talk to like a a cow that says, hey, take the block up to the clouds, then go back to the beginning of the village, hop on a block and take it up into the clouds. And I I gave up trying to fight them. I was like, I'm just going to try to jump over them. But if you haven't upgraded your boots, jumping over them is hard. But if you spend money upgrading your boots, then you can't afford the armor you need (laughs) to fucking survive the onslaught of the base. Oh, my God. Fuck. I... 
fuck? If you pick the magic up, it helps a little bit because then you can hit him with tornadoes or bombs or stuff like that to help slow him down. The magic is handy. Dude, there's one fight where you fight like a knight in the first few levels. And if you've got two or three of the tornado spell, uh, the hurricane spell, you can kill him without him even touching you because you just hit him with the tornado and it just bounces off him in the side of the screen. Yeah, they do work for again. Um, but again, if you spend your money on magic, then you don't have enough money for armor and stuff. And it's fucking just a... I'm fascinated by this game. Like, I can't... I don't know what it is about these old games. People are like, play Dark Souls. And I'm like, no, I don't like hard games. They make me mad. <laughs> but then there's something about these old 2D ones that I just can't quit. I'm like, yeah, keep hurting me. I love it. Like, fucking hurt me. This game fucking hurts you, man. Fuck. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it's kind of the thing. It's part getting good and then part finding everything that you need to help you along the way. Like, if you find lightning, I think at one point in the game you get about 10 lightning shots if you beat something. And then I can't remember which boss I'd get to. I just use all 10 and it would kill them off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you can work or something like that. So there's a little bit of cheesing, I guess, too. Well, yeah. But like, it's, it's like you say, it's the RNG. Like, if you can, dude, if you get some enemies that are dropping good magic, or like you said, you get an enemy that drops a gauntlet, which doubles your strength right before a boss fight. Uh, and then you go in and you can do, and, and you know what I actually, you know what I really love about this game? I forgot to bring it up before is that so many of the enemies have like those little dots on them to tell you how close to dead they are. Right. Uh, I love that mechanic. And like, as you hit them, the dot goes from blue to like lighter blue to yellow to orange to red. And then red is they're going to die. Uh, and that makes it easy for you to, and like, what a, I gotta say, like, I know it sounds like such a stupid little thing, but what a clever little mechanic in a game that's so about resource management and like trying to like save your magic and save your money and stuff to be able to tell how close you are to killing a guy. It's, it's handy, but it's also so discouraging when you get into a tough fight and you're like hitting and hitting, like you mentioned the flying pig demon guy thing that like has like, I think he has an upgraded sword. Um, he's in like the third or fourth level. I've probably fought yeah. him 20 times. I've never even gotten him off the dark blue. Like I can't right. kill him. So, and, and like, it's nice to know that it's like playing cuphead. And you know, cuphead has that, track at the bottom to tell you how close you were to killing yeah, a boss. Yeah, was that during Cuphead? That would have been nice to have the dot on there to show how close you were. Instead of yeah, yeah. Like, it's so half of me is like, damn it, I was so close. But then half of me is like, I wish I couldn't even see this because I don't want to know that like, I just fought with everything I had and I'm not even 20% of the way through this fucking boss fight. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, do you wish it, like, I don't know, what would, is there anything you changed? Like, I kind of wish it had like a password system but again, I kind of I appreciate that, like, it's such a deep game and you can play a session in 20 minutes and then hop in for, an, like, it has that one more go, one more go. It has that formula to it. Yeah, I don't think there's really anything I would change. Like, it's it's good for what it was and I guess what it is now. Like, I, like you say, I mean, you make it easier and then you're going to be through it in half an hour. Yeah, uh, yeah. Other yeah, than maybe wanting more. Yeah, that's the tough thing about this game is if you make it easier, it kind of, it makes it more accessible, but it kind of ruins the game too. It's, you know, like you mentioned Adventure Island earlier. Like, have you ever played those? Like, I like the Adventure Island games. But. Because, uh, like, the first Wonder Boy pretty much was Adventure Island. Yeah. Just reskinned. Yeah. So, like, I played the first one of that. And then, like, I'm, I'm not too familiar with anything that came with Adventure Island after. Because I think they did a hack and slash one, too, didn't they? Yeah, they kind of were. Down the road. or uh, And you, like, the big thing with those were, like, your health was always decreasing as you played through the level. And you had to pick up food as you were going to restore your health. Yeah. So you're on that constant. And I kind of, I don't know. I kind of, I like that. Like I, like to me, if a game is going to be short, then it either needs to be really good or it needs to have that replay value. And like, to me that, and that's why I say like, I'm not sitting here saying I like Wonder Boy and Monster Land better than like Super Mario Brothers, 
But I will say I think this game has more replay play value than Super Mario Brothers. Because, like, Super Mario Brothers, I know where everything is. I beat it. It's done. This one, like, next, like, I could turn it on right now and go on a run where I make it to World 9 because I was picking up items left and right. And then I'll have another run where I don't get past the third level. Because nothing, like, if I lose my potion in the first two levels, I just die and restart. Because I'm like, well, this is no fucking good. Um, and it just keeps me coming back for one more try. One more try. I don't know yeah, why. It's, it's classic comfort food. I mean, if it's a game, if you played it a million times, you can fire it up and challenge yourself still. Yeah. Even if you know where everything is. Like, if like if you, like, have you, when's the last time you played it? Like, have you played it in the last few years? Oh, no, I haven't played it probably since I beat it. Okay. So, like, I never played it in my life until two weeks ago. And this is a game from, I think, 1984? 1980, yeah, 1987, pardon me, 1987. So what is that, like 35 years, 36 years? Yeah. And I'm like, I, I got to be honest, like, I'm like, this holds up. Like, it's not, I don't think like a kid that didn't grow up with these old school games today would, it, it, like you know, grew up playing NES and, and Genesis and stuff would enjoy it. But as someone that grew up in this era and just didn't play this one, I'm like, dude, I'm, this is my introduction to the Master System. And I'm like, I want to see what else this thing can do now. Because I always thought the Master System was just like a, a jacked up, like Atari. You know, like, I always thought it was, like, less than the NES. And maybe it is. But after playing this, I'm like, dude, this is, like, this is more ambitious. It's the same thing as, like, a few weeks ago we reviewed the original Ninja Turtles. And I talked about how ambitious that game is. This game is very ambitious. And I respect that. Like, it could have made, it could have gone so easy. It could have got rid of the upgrade things and just hit items where you pick them up as you go through. And it, you know what I mean? Like, it could have been quick and painless. And instead, they put so much depth into, and that's what keeps these games alive. That's what keeps me coming back to these old games is, is that extra effort back then. Give me a reason to come back and try a different strategy, you know, and a different run. Very yeah, impressed. no, like it was, it was quality, man. I for a for an eight bit action RPG, I, I'd be hard pressed to think of one that was better than it. No, it's outstanding. Other than its sequel, maybe, but yeah, I do hear that uh, Monster World is better. Yeah. Um. Also, like, I, not to be a fanboy, but like, not <laughs> Link is not exactly the scariest looking dude in the world, but uh boy you guys it looks like you guys designed your like your flagship hero in about five seconds oh geez if wonder boy and link got in a fight they'd drop their swords and start slapping each other yeah totally <laughs> totally like, such a and his brother pretty much just... like your oh, hero cock, cock. wonder boy looks like one of the developers like kids was like i want to be <laughs> in the game and they were like fine we'll make him the hero um no yeah i just i really enjoyed it i don't I like I don't really like is there anything you don't like like other than the knockback and that like that's the thing that bothers me is the knockback and the collision detection those are really my only major gripes with this game one thing I didn't like and it's I don't know you didn't play the end game you didn't beat it yet did you no fuck no the last level it's it's think man the last level of Super Mario Brothers was a maze yeah but it's the most obnoxious maze going like it has about the same five different screens that are nondescript and if you miss one you're going back to the start of it but like what like like is it lots of enemies or is it basically just like trying to oh, platform no, like it, your way through? It's it's not even lots of enemies. Like it's pretty much the enemies you ran into during the game. There's no screwballs or anything like that. But it's just it's just a nondescript maze unless you can memorize exactly where to go. Like your timer's ticking down. There's no hourglasses to reset it. You're gonna be knocked back. Right. And eventually, it's the time that kills you, not the game. And that's yeah okay. And that would like I've never gotten that far. Truth be told, like that sounds not enjoyable 
Because as it is, this game is like, we've already talked about it. It's got this hourglass that's constantly ticking down and taking health off you. And now if you're freaking, like, I find it stressful when I forget the route through Bowser's Castle and Super Mario Brothers. And the 300 second timer is counting down. This one, like, if you just stood there and let that hourglass kill you without any enemies touching you, I would guess you've got about a minute and a half. Like, like this game is not going to give you a lot of time. And so to be yeah. lost in a maze and have this countdown to zero and then be like, oh, yeah, you have no more health or you have no more lives. So it's back to level one and get there again. Oh, yeah, that might. have. Uh, because that's the thing about like a maze level is it's nice when you like you die, but you can start over right there at that level and be like, OK, I know this route didn't work. Let me try this route. And to not be able to do that in this one, that would have pissed me off. I think that would have pissed me off a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's like I say, it's the same like five screen wipes over and over to either go left or drop down or this. Like, there's, there's just no rhyme or reason to it. So, unless you completely memorize it. Right. Or if you have that bell that you got, it dings when you're going the right way. Right. Like, you're screwed. Like, and if you get the other one, which is, it gives you a, like, a boost to beat the last level. So, you have to memorize it just so you can get there and use it, or else you're going to get there with no health left and still die. So, right. Yeah. I would think that to me, like, it sounds like the strategy for that final level is to play the game enough that you, because I assume that the route through the maze doesn't randomly generate. Like, it's probably the same route no. every time. So, yeah. So, once you know the route, then you need to get there, get that other item, burn through the maze while you still have enough time, meaning you still have enough health to fight that final boss. Yeah. Um, which again is just like I know I understand that it's a way to kind of extend the length of the game and to keep you coming back. But like we've all everyone listening to this that grew up playing retro games has had a time where you've gotten really far in an old game and died and had to go back to the beginning. And you're like, I may never get another shot at that. And it's so goddamn infuriating. And that's where like a password system or something might have been neat. But I also wonder if like you said, if it would kind of take away from the game too. I don't know. I don't know what the balancing act is. Um, no, it's like I think it's otherwise pretty well balanced to play through without a password. I think. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and like it's got great reviews. Like I'm looking at it online. Like it has, like on Wikipedia, it's got really good reviews, and I'm, I'm gonna give it a really good score. So the lack of a password system or something isn't turning me off. Um, I get, you know what? Maybe that is, dude. That might just be it's 2023, and we're so used to infinite lives or checkpoints every five seconds. You know, like maybe I'm. Just I mean, you could forgot my hair you could play it in you could play it in save stated now and yeah. erase that whole problem so yeah you could and that's where i recommend again this switch version with all the different like kind of power-up modes you can turn on you can turn them all off and play the game as it was designed if you want or you can hold your hand through it a little bit if you want to uh and i think that's probably the way to go but i i think all it is like i used to be a i used to love these games that would like yeah kill me and send me back to the start and i guess i've just gotten soft now <laughs> that's all it is we're we're not we're not as tough as we were when we were kids with our dads telling us that sphinxes each each <sighs> i'm i'm seriously calling him after this and telling him off again take my battles <laughs> now old man <laughs> just egg his house yeah. <laughs> he comes out you're like you know what you've done um okay well, i think we've literally covered everything in this game i can't think of anything that's left no, that's, that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell yeah it's a it's a charming little game i picked it up on the switch for about eight bucks uh, if you're interested in seeing what it's all about, I recommend it. I If you like tough old school games, you'll like it. I, I like it. I'm going to keep playing it. It it I don't think I like it quite as much as like Super Ghouls and Ghosts, but I put it in that same same vein. Um, I, I think I described it as it's a little bit of Super Ghouls and Ghosts meets like Zelda 2. You know, like, and I like that. Um, That's that is really good, actually. I like that too. Yeah, because it takes the upgrading system and the magic and stuff, but then it's also like, no, we're hard as shit and we're going to kill you over and over. So, uh. We got to score this thing, Chris. 
And Mr. McGee has said there are 37 different enemies in this game. So he wants to score it out of 37, which sounds like a pretty logical scale to me. So the ball is in your court. If you were scoring Wonder Boy in Monster Land out of 37 enemies, how many enemies are you giving it? I'll give it 32. 30. That's a pretty good score. I'm just going to, I'm taking points off for the last level. Otherwise I have no real complaints. All right. Um, okay. So I know this doesn't make for good radio. I'm also going to give it a 32, but I think it would get a lower score if I could get far enough to that final level and get pissed off at it, but I can't get there. So I'm not going to ding it for that final level. Uh, I gotta say like, it just holds up. It's just a fun game. I'm going to change mine to 33 for prices, right? Rules. Fair enough. That's good. Uh, yeah, I can, I can get on board with that. No, it's, it's probably like, (laughs) like, I'd honestly give it like an eight out of 10. You know, it's not. It's not a 70-hour game. It's not something that's going to take over your life. I don't think it's as timeless as something like a Super Mario Brothers or a Sonic 2 or something like that. But uh, for a game that I knew nothing about and kind of wrote off based on the stupid name and the box art, uh, I'm so pleasantly surprised by this. I did not expect to like this game. Um, well, and if, if you do like it, like they just dropped the whole wonder boy collection now so if you like it keep going with the other ones and yeah they get better as they evolve and yeah if you don't you're not really out anything so yeah i think i am gonna look into the other games at some point like i don't know i just don't get why like why is this not a bigger franchise like did people hate wonder boy like what the fuck why i don't get it i don't know maybe it just maybe they're just figure it's like a bygone franchise by today's standards but i was like dude i want more of these where the fuck is this like, forget echo the dolphin where the fuck is this stuff so anyway um well i may never play another master system game again just so that i could be like that's my bar this was the best one and i don't need to play the other ones <laughs> um buddy this was good shit i know you were excited to talk about this one and uh, i hope this episode lived up to all of you sega nerds expectations and uh thank you so much oh by the way uh no never mind i was gonna take one more shot at your dad and the steak and the sphinx but that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, McGee, thank you so much for sponsoring this show and uh, for, for turning me on to the world of Wonder Boy. I'm a fan. I really seriously like this game, and I am going to play more of them, I promise. And you know what? You've also bought the Master System at least one more episode. I don't know when or what game, but you've bought the Master System the time of day here at Remember the Game Industries. I am impressed. Uh, so thank you so much for your generosity and support. And of course, to my good friend Chris, thank you so much for coming by and waving your Sega flag and talking a little bit of uh, Wonder Boy and Monster Land with me. I very much appreciate it. And of course, thank you all of you for listening. There's so many thank yous to give out. I have so many people to thank. Oh my God. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to the show. Whether this was your first Remember the Game or perhaps your 238th. Maybe it was like your 47th. Who knows? I don't know. If at some point these words are finding your brain, thank you for taking a chance on us. I really appreciate it. If you didn't hate this episode, you know what? I'd, like, I'd love it. I would love it. If you just leave us a nice review, I'm not even sure what they accomplish, but if the good shows do it, I'm going to do it too. Leave us a nice review. We'd really appreciate it. And if you want more of these, 
There are literally hundreds of bonus podcasts ad-free waiting to be downloaded onto your phone for as little as $2 a month at patreon.com slash remember the game. Keeps the bills on around here. We donate some of it to charity. It's just wins all around. Plus, you can find me on Twitch if you want to. I don't know. I don't really have a schedule. I just get on there when I can. Twitch.tv slash remember the game. Give me a, a follow. It's totally free. It'll tell you when I'm on there and you can come by and tell me why I'm wrong or right or whatever. And finally, I have a P.O. box. You can find the address at rememberthegamepodcast.com. Don't send me anything big. Just send me little things. Just a postcard, a letter. Let me know where you're listening. We'll be friends. I'll write you one back. That's how it works. It's a very cool system. All right? Uh, I think that's everything I have to plug. I'm going to thank some patrons, and then I'm going to get the hell out of here. I'll be back tomorrow for all said patrons with remember the or pardon me with expansion pass 152, which will be my Marvel's Midnight Suns review. I'll be back on Friday with Game Patch, all the biggest news in video games, and I will be back next week with uh, what am I? Go- oh my God, dude, is next week the launch of Holy shit, yes, next week Monday. March 6th, Purple Monkey Dishwasher Episode 1, our new Simpsons podcast. Mark McHugh and I are going through each episode, reviewing it, talking about it, having some laughs, basically do what we do here, but about Simpsons instead. That will traditionally be available for all of our junior executive vice presidents or higher at Patreon. The first episode will be available to anyone with a Patreon subscription. That'll go live on Monday. Tuesday will be The Rambling Idiot. And then Wednesday, of course, will be Remember the Game 1 or 239, which... I don't want to promise what it's going to be about, but chances are it's going to be about the Tiger Woods golf games, which I'm super fucking stoked because I love those goddamn games. Unless I finish Legend of Dragoon in the next four days, but I don't think that's going to happen. So probably Tiger Woods. All right. Thank you to some patrons and getting out of here. Thank you for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you on the next one. Cheers. So long. Goodbye. Remember the game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all this content without all of your support. The following people are at the senior executive vice president level or higher at patreon.com slash remember the game. And as such, I am contractually obligated to say your names as quickly as possible. We're going in alphabetical order this week. So a huge thank you to... Holy fuck, we have a lot of Adams. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, a dude named Adam, Aaron Lawson, Adam Blank still hasn't reviewed Banjo Tooie, Adam Fletcher, Adam Martinet, Ang- Agent Booty Pants, Alex R, Alexander Camps, Alexis Ramos, Andre, Andrew Andrew Wright, Andy Hudson, Angry Ticks, Antonio Echeverria. Sorry, Antonio. Arctic Fission, A Town, Etriu Wormwood, Beaver Boy, Beef Dingleberry, Benjamin Atkins, Biddy, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Blobby K. Rogers, B Money, Bobby Litton, Brandon DeZeba, Brandon Helmheckel, Brant Hewitt. Brian Neese. I'm really struggling with this today. Brian Neese. Brian Richmond. Bucky the Beagle Herder. Bud Lightyear. Bulla. Bulma Simp. Burt, Mc- Burt Macklin. C-Spin. CJ Noel. Cam Nelly 23. Captain N. Chris Dickin. Chris Fleury. Chris Williams. Christian Gabriel. Chugger 22. Cody Richardson. Colin Bollinger. Current member of the game. Hall of Famer Mark McHugh. Dakota Guy. Dan Fuselman. Daniel. Daniel DeVore. Darth Skywalter. Dave McGee. Dave Thompson. David Marcus. D.P. Cooper. D.B.X.J. Decoy Man. Dan Boys on the Roof. Denton Van Zandt. Denzalo. Derek, Ho- Derek Cox. Devilish Saint, Digital Dave, Dill Pickle Rick, DNA Gaming, Doogie, Doug Dorn, DP Pooper, Dr. Nightmare 23, Drugs and Bad MK, E, Elijah Burns, E Man Trucker, Eric James, Esteban Navarro, Evolva, Faded Sufferance, Fraser Burns, Frosty Bear, Frosty Feet 492, Fuzzy 99, General Fury, G9PSX, Gabe, Graham, Hagel Waffle, High Plains Drifter, Hired Goons, Who? Hitchy Poo, Holmes, I'm a Stupid Moron with an Ugly Face and a Big Butt on My Butt Smells and I Like to Kiss My Own Butt, Itchy Nutsiru, Isaiah, It's OG, It's the Bigfoot, Jacob Adam, 
Adams, Jake Carter, Jameer Williams, James Black, James Clark, James Juan Francesco, Jeff Bergeron, Jimothy, Jake Callahan, Joe Buck, Joe LeBlanc, Joey Mercury, John Jameson, John M. Watkins, John Woodruff, Johnny CCDC, John of the Adult Children Podcast. We have a lot of Johns, too. Jordan, Joe Stone, Just a Fish, JVision719, KH, Kevin Monroe, Kia Pup, Knife Goes In, Guts Come Out, Chris Lovin, Laces Out Dan, Leroy Westrich, Lord Longrod Von Huge and Don the Second, Lucas Valadez, Makeshift Mallow Magic Money, Mark But Not McHugh, Mark Sneed, Matt Hamilton, Matt Zeus, Maverick Marty, Max Sainden, Mercury869, Michael Barjudina, Mike Maloney, Mizuru, Morgan, Mr. Papa Giorgio, Munch Makuchi, Musty Beetle, Nathan Tromblay, Nayef E, Nerdy Hybrid, Nick Creature, Nicola, No One Cares, Nomad, Oh My God It Froze, Oroku Saki's Gardener, OT Plays Games, Phil Lencher, Postman, Quiet Place Queen, Raging Irish, Randy Barrage, Raysen Wontonga, Robbie DLC, Robbie Air, Roldy in the Deep, Ruben Elizald, Russell Aldridge. Holy fuck, there's a lot of names in here. Right, Remember when I used to yell out every name? I used to shake like every patron we had. And then at 200, I was like, okay, it's too many. Now there's like 250 of you. This Holy fuck, thank you. But fuck me, there's a lot of names in here. Holy cow, where was I here? Uh, Ruben Elizald, Russell Aldridge, Ryan Kinchin, Ryan Maurice, Ryan Perry, Sabin, Sam Carpenter, Sam Wright, Scary Terry, Scott Brooks, Sam Ra- Sean Ramos, Shoeboxers, Shorzy, Sharonic, Skillerooney, Sleeper Hit, Slick Rick, Solomon Soto, Sour Goatface, Squeak Nuts, Squints, Steve Dolph, Phil- Stephen Parnell, Stud Still Smash, Super Nintendo Chalmers, Super Dad Bros Podcast, That One Kid Josh, Thomas Childs, Thomas Smith, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, Timothy Sabrinsky, Titan 420, Tone Bone Swiss, Trevor McKee, Triple, Tristan Anderson, Tunable Power, Tyler Bauer, Works For Me, Welsh Destroyer, West Gen, Wolfgang Darren, Wolfmagic21, Johnny's, or pardon me, I'm used to saying them in the normal order. Wyatt the Surgeon, who's not a surgeon, Rosak, oh my fuck. There's five names left. I'm going to nail these. This has been the worst one yet. Okay. <clears throat> Zach Coiner, Zach Shepard, Zamatos, Zane Donovan, and Zonko. 5 motherfucking 4. Nailed the last 8 seconds. It doesn't matter what the last 3 minutes were all about. Thank you so much for the support, everybody. Talk to you on the next one. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. <laughs>